intro and everything. Hey now, ladies and germs, what's going on? How are we doing? It's January 5th, 2024, and it's the first episode of the hotly anticipated horror podcast, the Unita Horror Podcast. We're back in the flesh. Christian survived his brush with death. Christian, how's it going, man? It is going good. Um, I'm in the throes of cleaning the house right now, getting all the Christmas stuff put up. Sometimes, like, I think last year I left my Christmas tree out till like March, but I'm sick of the sight of it. So the kitchen right now, Sydney was just telling me, she's like, how long are you going to be tonight? I was like, probably a couple hours. I was like, why? We're going to, she's not working tomorrow. I'm working graveyard. So I, I don't have to, I have to be up all night, but our outside of this room. The house is a wreck. She pulled everything out of the closets in the bedroom. I got a, she bought me another like uh dresser, one of those, one of those little dress, like uh storage dresser things you get at Walmart. She goes, you can put all your sh- horror shirts in this. We're going to do this. So it's just, I can't, I can't ever relax. Even when like, I feel like I've got time to relax or do something, she gives me shit to do. That's the thing that sucks about being married, man. It's just like, they don't leave you alone. Like she'll she'll leave me alone if I'm watching something she doesn't want to watch. She'll go in the bedroom. I'll I'll watch it in the living room. But like, whenever I want to be left alone, she just nags and nags and nags and just won't stop. So don't get married, everybody. Stay single. Um, just just it's not worth it. Yeah. So that's why you gotta. She doesn't listen you, to this, so I can say whatever I want. That's why you gotta marry the homies, guys. Uh, homies won't nag at you. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, man, uh, can't relate. Can't relate anymore. Uh, used to be able to relate, so I, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, dude, uh, my Christmas tree's still up. Uh, I told myself I was going to take it down this weekend, so we'll see if I do that. Um, I don't know. It's just like weird. It's this weird post mortem phase, you know, where it's like the holidays are now done. Like when you get when September starts, it's when you really start to feel it because you're like, oh yeah, Christmas, Thanksgiving you know, uh, Halloween, like all those holidays back to back to back, you're, you're in the throes of it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then it's, then it's over and you're just kind of like, shit. Now it's just cold and like dreary and we're getting, uh, some snow tomorrow. So yeah, I don't know, man. It sucks. I don't want to put the tree away. It, you know, it lights up the family room. I don't have to have a light on in there. Lights up the whole family room. So we got a bunch of, we get, when whenever Halloween rolls around, we go in, in Target and they're so popular. Like some, we get luck. We have to, we have to either try to order them online when they show up in stock or just as soon as they throw them out at Target, we get them. We get those LED lights and they have, there's a cauldron one with a skeleton head that moves back and forth. There's a bat that moves its wings. Uh, there's a pumpkin. We have them all. My living room looks like a, like a bar. Like there's LED lights everywhere. I've got a skeleton that's hand does this by the record section. 
I love it. And that kind of illumination is plenty in the, in the living room. I love it. So the Christmas tree is just overkill for me. So uh, we got so lazy this year. Like we keep all the Christmas stuff in there. And if I showed the people what that closet looks like, they'd fucking lose their minds. It's so much shit in there. So we just didn't even bother pulling out a bunch of ornaments because it would have been hours and hours of shit we would have had to pull out just to get to it. So we didn't even put we didn't even put ornaments on the tree. We put we put garland on it and we bought like four or five ornament ornaments this year and just put those on the tree. And then that was it. So I don't know. It's just you gotta, I, you gotta, I don't know, man. The ornaments are part of it, you know? It's ornaments. sad though. I got a lot of ornaments of my dogs that are dead. Like we got like those little ornaments where you press their feet in uh, like clay. Yeah. And like Frank and Ella and all my old, I just don't want to see it. You know, I just didn't like, I, that was another thing subconsciously. I was like, I don't, I don't want to see that. And then my dog that died la, this past year around the summertime, which was brutal. I did the same thing for him. I couldn't even look at it. I was just like, I, I told Sydney, I was just like, she was like, are we going to pull the stuff out? And I was like, honestly, I don't want to look at that stuff because we have to look at all of our dogs that passed away, all their ornaments that we made for. I just don't want to look at it. So I, yeah. I didn't bother, which kind of makes me feel bad now in retrospect. But I don't know, man, I, I, I get really attached to my dogs. So I, I get sad about that. kind of No, stuff. I. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I was thinking the other day about my cat who he'll be 12 this year. And I have a dog too, guys, but like I've had my cat since I was a senior in high school and uh, I had him since he was like six weeks old. And I was thinking about it and I was like, dude, how's my kid going to deal with that? You know what I mean? Like when my cat's gone, like, cause they're like buddies. Um, I don't know, man. It sucks. It's uh, and then Carl, you know, he drives me up a wall, but he's my dog. You know, I love him. I, I, it's, I don't know. It, it's just, it's funny how we do that too. Like we, we always end up getting more. And uh, after a couple of years, you know, it, it is what it is, but like, yeah, nobody, it doesn't, you don't ever really get prepared for what that's like, you know, like when that animal's gone, we take it for granted, man. We do. We take, we absolutely take it for granted. You know, there's some days you get home from work, you may not be in the best of moods and you're not trying to, you know, love all up on the dogs and the cats and, oh, hey, you know, because not every day is like that. You know, some days you're like, man, I just want to chill. Like, I'm not trying to be bothered. We take that for granted. Um, so, yeah, guys, make sure you uh, give your dogs, your cats, your, your gerbils, your guinea pigs. Cats kind of live a long time, though, right? Don't cats live to, like, 18, 20? They, they can, but, like, usually for a tabby cat, 15 is pretty old. Like, 15 is... We had a cat when I was a kid named Allie. She lived to be 16 and um, we had her throughout my entire childhood. So I was like a sophomore junior when we put her down. And uh, cause at that point she had uh, like dementia, she was blind. Um, so she was like running into walls and like just pissing and crapping on herself and stuff. I, I had a buddy who said, he had a cat that like every time his cats had died in his family, they don't put them down. He said that the cats know they're about to die and they literally just run away to die alone. Did you they ever have do cats that, that yeah. do that? They, my buddy, my buddy Dave did. Uh, he had a cat, an outdoor cat, Sammy. And uh, he, he was outdoor, indoor. He would go, they had 33 acres. So like he'd go outside at night, do his own thing. 
He'd be in the house during the day, during the day. He got old and one day he didn't come back home. And, uh, Dave's dad actually told us that he's like, yeah, guys, he probably went to go die. Like he, like, that's probably what happened. That's what cats that's crazy. do. Well, crazy enough, dude, even crazier. He had an old dog named Jake. Dogs will do that sometimes too. They'll go away to die. Uh, Jake literally, I, I, you're not, you're not gonna believe this story. It, it is wild. Uh, Dave has like a, it's a pretty big pond. He calls it a lake and is on their land. But I mean, it, we used to swim in it and, and fish in it. It's pretty big. And Jake went out into the pond when he was like really old into the mud and buried himself in it to die. I'm not even shitting you. That's insane. He buried himself like alive, like head first. He went into the mud and the only reason they found him it's because like his backside was still up out of the mud. He was so old. He had so many health problems. He could barely walk like, and yeah, they just sometimes, cause I wonder if it's like, cause they're like one with nature almost like they're animals, you know, like we domesticated them, but they're animals. Like, do they want to go be with nature when they die? Or is it like, they don't want us to see that. I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know what the impetus is for the animal to do that. My my gut is that they're just going to be with nature because they're an animal. Like that's what I think. Because I don't think dogs and cats really have like the processing skills of being able to be like, I don't want you to be sad, so I'm gonna go away to die. No, I yeah. think they just are like, hey, I'm gonna go be with the dirt now. I don't know. It sucks, man. Just don't bury him in the pet cemetery. Um, <laughs> But I, I, oh, I if hear. that was real, I would bury. I'd bury every dog I had <laughs> so I. in the pet so would I. Yeah, I wouldn't even yeah. think twice about it. Yeah, same. Wouldn't even think twice about it. What about a person? Would you ever cross that line? I don't know. Same I'd have died, to. Really, it, going to bury her in the pet in the pet cemetery? Um, I guess it depends on how she died. If it was unjust, if it was unjust, like she died in a car wreck or something bad happened, probably so. But if she died because she got really sick or something if god is real and for some reason he allows that kind of stuff because you ever hear people you ever hear people when they have somebody like have a relative young die and it's like they got called up by god sometimes i get pissed off when i hear that because i think to myself what kind of anyway but if if if, like it's your time motherfucker in the event (laughs) in the event that that kind of stuff is real in a weird way, I feel like I wouldn't want to press my luck in that sense, because if that is legit and God does plan that sort of stuff, I wouldn't want to fuck with that. But yeah. if it was, a, but then you could argue, okay, then somebody listening is already saying, well, Christian, if she got hit by a car, you could say that was God's plan too, which makes no fucking sense. None. I don't know. I guess, I guess I don't know. Thank God. That's thank God that that isn't a reality, that there is a situation like that where you could bring somebody back from the dead. We don't know that because- yet. Well, there might be a pet uh, yeah. cemetery somewhere. If there is, I probably wouldn't want to know about it. I probably would not want to know about that. Christian would be bringing dogs back tomorrow. Dogs, yeah, because some of my dogs, like they already feel, they already act like they were brought back from a pet cemetery anyway. So it would be no different. They stink. They 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 bite. They growl all day. So it's just like okay, it's no no difference. My my pug's like that. Owen is just a n- nasty little bastard. So, 
I don't know. I tell people don't get, yeah, don't get pugs, people, because they die young. They're amazing, but they die so young. That's my that's the only thing. But when you get one, you decide you can't find. You'll never find another dog like that. So you'll you'll continuously get them. But man, I got to keep him healthy. I make sure he doesn't overeat. I keep his ears clean. Them dog them dogs like they are, are they are attracted to getting sick and getting ill. So yeah. Hey, you know, I've got a beagle lab mix and he is, um, the fuck is a beagle and a lab doing together? I don't know, man. Do you know, the breed is called a beagador, which is kind of cool. Um, he's got the nose of a beagle, so he can't, he, he's, his nose gets him in trouble. Like he literally can't help himself when food's around. Yeah. Um, he's got the howl of a beagle. But he's like in between the sizes. He's bigger than a beagle. He's smaller than a lab, but he looks like a lab. That's Carl. Oh, Carl. Carl's a good yeah. kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You spend a week with Carl, you tell me he's a good kid. He's good. He's good. He's fine. He didn't yeah, do anything he's, wrong. He's all right. But enough of the depressing talk about dying animals, guys. Um, yeah, it is the first show of the new year. Obviously, we got out of the holidays i you know i know we hope you guys had a great time you know whatever you celebrated and whoever you celebrated it with i i hope you guys had a good time i hope that that was as fruitful as ever um but it's you know it's that time of year now it's that downtime where you start to get like shitty blumhouse movies that come out in theaters uh, <laughs> sometimes though i feel like every now and again like a, a great movie will come out in january not every year man. but sometimes a great movie will come out in yep. january yeah invisible man uh that's one that stands out to me i know some people would say megan because that came out last year in january yeah not for me um but i know a lot of people liked it um well, Christian it sounds like not, it was probably better than this night swim. Yeah, yeah, night swim was not very good. Was not very good, man. Uh, I don't. I, I did a I did a review on my channel, guys. If if you want to hear my thoughts about it, uh, just check out my review. Uh, if not, I'll just keep it short and sweet. It's a really cool premise. Uh, coolest thing about the movie was the very first teaser trailer when they didn't show you like anything. Um, I hate that shit, man. Like, why? Yeah. I, I, you don't you kind of feel though like if you make a movie and you make a trailer for it and you know like you're in a boardroom with the producers people and you say to you and and you know in your heart of hearts this trailer is better than the actual film don't you think you should go back to the drawing board don't you think these people should be honest with themselves because you know that these motherfuckers know if they've got a if the trailer is much better than the film. If you even if, if you made it especially if you're involved in the film and you see the trailer and you know it's the movie is not as good as the trailer, don't you think you should go back to the drawing board on this? Watch it make a bunch of money though. So what the fuck do I know? They don't care if it gets I, good reviews or not. I mean, it opened a like I think the, the Thursday previews were like 1.5 million. So it'll do okay. It'll make its money back, you know, Blumhouse, you know, their model. It, it'll be profitable for them. But to your point, I mean, yeah, personally, you and, and me and most people that have a any kind of creative mind would think as a creator of something, you would be like, I, we need to fix this. Like there, there's, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me to put something out there that is clearly lesser than the freaking trailer. 
Um, but I think in that instance, whether it's Blum, whether it's whoever else invested with it, Universal, whatever it may be, it's probably more or less for them. Like, we're not dumping millions more into this movie to try to fix it because one, there's no guarantee you fix it. There's just there, there is no guarantee. Two, you have to delay things. You have to put more money into it. You've and, and then at that point, it's like, are we even going to make our money back if we do yeah. that? So, I think it's. But again, I mean, you talked about the Shark Tank uh, episode with Jason Blum and and his model. His model is is kind of foolproof. It's the reason why he's gotten to the point where he is. Yeah, everybody needs to check that out. You can Google it, I'm sure, but just Google Shark Tank with Jason Blum. He was a shark on there, which should tell you everything you need to know. But that was so cool, and he came across really likable for once. He didn't sound like a jackass. Um, and he, first of all, this made a bunch of sense to me. Uh, Ethan Hawke has stake in production companies that Jason Blum uses and has. So that's why Ethan Hawke is in a lot of these damn Blumhouse films. Um, he bought his way into Hollywood. I always wonder, like, Ethan Hawke, like... He, ne- he doesn't strike me as a, as a movie star. Like, I like him. He's been in movies I love, like Dead Poet Society, when he was a kid. But I'll never see him as a movie star. I just never will. I'm not saying I don't like him, but he's just B-tier to me. He's B-tier to me. He can act really good, but I don't look, I don't get excited. Who gets excited when you say, <laughs> oh, shit, dude, that new Ethan Hawke movie's coming out? Have you ever heard anybody say that? No. <laughs> who the fuck says i don't know dude ethan hawk the black hawk. phone no ethan hawk no it wasn't it was stephen king's yeah. kid was the draw for the movie no oh, for, bro, yeah, for bro people, not for me stephen king's kids wrote this one joe hill like first of all why is he going by joe hill go by joe king are you an idiot i don't think oh, he, he wants, wants to, to he wants yeah. to make it on his own fuck mm-hmm. that never gonna happen you know, everyone's always going to whether you change your name or not. But like, that's yeah. another thing. It's not yeah. even like it's a secret. Yeah. Joe, everybody knows it's his kids. I don't know. I don't get it. But I don't know. To me, I like Ethan Hawke as an actor. I, I mean, I still think the Black Phone was a pretty good movie, but I, I expected more. But I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. I don't think anybody gets excited for Ethan Hawke in a movie. He's in a movie. It's a movie that has Ethan Hawke in it. It's never an Ethan Hawke movie. So I don't know. I feel like he bought his way into Hollywood. No hate. I don't dislike Ethan, but come on. He's not a movie star. He's not a star. Nobody gets excited for Ethan Hawk. <laughs> I mean, tell us how you really feel. I look, I it's I true. Gotta be honest. I gotta be honest, man. The black phone for me, he was a draw for me. I was like, all right, Ethan Hawk wearing these creepy ass masks. All right, I'm interested in that. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. I mean, Ethan Hawke, you, you don't put Ethan Hawke on a poster. You know, it's not like, oh, my God, Ethan Hawke. I have to go see this movie now. Like, How are they going to do a sequel? He's dead. I, I And it is truly a sequel because the kids are coming back. So Did how do you explain? Have... It's going to be stupid. They're going to do it's, something it's gonna be your, really stupid. It's going to be like your typical... Your typical far-fetched slasher-esque sequel, man. Like where it's like, but the killer didn't die. Like it's gonna be something like that. You know what I mean? Like for for once, I would have been happy with a prequel because if we would have got more, if we would have got more of 
that black van sneaking around grabbing kids. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah. If we got more of that, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. But we didn't get to see any of the, I, I don't mean this in the literal sense of like, I want to see the pain. No, we didn't get to see any of his like transgressions and the pain he inflicted. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, yeah, I, 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 dude, I yelled about that so much. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this guy is a creepy kid murderer. All right, cool. Like, like this is what I'm doing. This is Ethan Hawke once he gets the kids. This, this yeah. is what he did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. A it's sequel, not a bad movie, though. It's not like I don't dislike it, but I like it a lot. But I, I don't know. What I, I don't know. It's not like I'm I, not going to go see it because I like, I like the idea of Stephen King's kids move have been involved. I don't know who's going to write the screenplay for this. I don't know if Joe Hill is. I don't know if he because Stephen would do screenplays for his some of his movies maybe not everyone but i don't know if this kid's doing the same thing i don't know so i don't know who's gonna write it i don't know when it's gonna come out uh june of 25 oh well, well what big blumhouse movies are coming out this year dude there's really not a ton um i i believe jason blum took to twitter and said something to the effect of like we have like five movies uh Okay, so here's the Blumhouse projects for this year. Imaginary, which... What the fuck is that? It's that one, the, the trailer with the teddy bear, Chauncey. I don't remember that. I might have saw it, but I don't remember it. When I first heard about it, I thought, that's dumb. What is this, like another Chucky ripoff? And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh no, that's kind of different. I'll go see that. I, I think I'm going to go see that. Uh, but I'm I'm just kind of like middle of the road on it. And then you've got the uh, Speak No Evil remake, which comes out in August. What the fuck is Speak No Evil? God damn it. It's a remake? Yeah, it's a remake. What the fuck is that? Of uh, a Danish film. Oh, I it came out two years ago. Yeah. I never but saw I think it. the one that everybody is really looking forward to most, probably, and for good reason, is... Uh, the Wolfman in October. What? Yeah, dude. Lee Wanell directing it. Okay. Cause didn't they make one like fucking 10 years ago? I don't know. Yeah. They, they, I know they did. Cause I saw it in the theater. I wasn't, I was, I either graduated high school yeah, by that point did. or they did. About a man and his family who have been scared to death by a deadly predator directed by Lee Wanell. And that's coming out this year? October 25th. I ain't seen... Dude, they don't have any pictures available for this on IMDb. Hasn't started filming yet. It's uh, about to. I think this month. If I'm not what? mistaken. What? Yeah. What? Um, it's, my part of their, it's part of that universe, though. You know, Invisible Man universe. And it's Lee Wan-El, so it might be good, man. It really might be. You know, I, yeah, 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 for sure. I just... You know, what happened with the 2010 one is they hired Rick fucking Baker. Right, one of the greatest special effects guys ever. Most people would say he's the best. And then they completely CGI'd over everything he did in the film. All of it. I saw that movie one time. So what the fuck are they going to do with this one? Invisible Man, I get it. Like you have to do a bunch of 
you know, you can't do a bunch of in-camera stuff with that. Like, I got it, man. It didn't bother me at all. But, like, for a wolf, man, like, I just, I, I really pray to God I don't roll my eyes at what they make him look like. <laughs> I really, I because, re- dude, I'm a big werewolf guy. And I don't have a, I don't need it. I don't have a textbook version of what I want, per se. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess I I'll just reason- shut up about it. I, I think a reason to be optimistic is Lee One L, for me. I, I or, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Optimistic. We'll see. Um, but then Christian, beginning of next year, Megan Two I mean, I won't be there. I'm glad that I'm glad that people like that. I I mean, it's like I said, I'm, I'm it's it's okay. We're in the, we're, yeah, just, we're in the minority, dude. We are in the minority. Most people liked it, dude. I never saw. Insidious, the red door. I never heard one person say, I need to go see that. Not it was my one. most disappointing movie of last year. Not the worst, but it was my most disappointing movie. It yeah. disappointed me like no other. It's on Netflix now. So, oh, is it? I just like, I really like that series because each one like did its own thing and felt unique and had cool visual stuff in it. And the fact that this one is like insidious, like 1.2 or whatever, like it's like, okay, let's get the kid back. Like, I don't care about the kid. Never did. I'm so glad that the series moved on without, like, to me, that's the mark. One mark of a great series is when they can move on and the interest is still there based on the title alone. And it keeps it like last key and insidious three was its own thing. And man. Those are fun movies, and I just hate that they go back to the well. Like, let's let's basically redo the first movie again. Well, that in in fairness, I'll defend it for this movie simply just because the idea, the impetus was to end that family saga, to give some answers to the lipstick face demon, to get some closure there. Because I agree with you, like on the macro, but on the micro, specifically talking about Insidious, there were a lot of things that kind of were left hanging with the Lambert family and definitely with the the lipstick face demon. Like I think everybody said after that first movie, I want to see that thing again. What the hell was that? Like, where's lipstick? That thing at? What, what do you mean? Lipstick face demon, the red, the Darth Maul's meth. Oh, cousin. Darth Maul. Yeah. Oh, Darth Maul's like, cousin. There was another one in there. No, no. I just, oh, no, you're like, referring. Okay. See, I call yeah. him Darth Maul. I'm thinking he had a, <laughs> another look. I call him Darth Maul's meth head cousin. Yeah. But yeah, so like, I was cool with that. And giving Patrick Wilson a shot to direct his first movie, like I was cool with all of that. And man, it's fucking boring. Like I don't, I don't really know how, how else to put it. It's not scary. Um, it focuses a lot on the family dynamic, and I got to say, the family dynamic is really good. Like it yeah. is super good. But Rose Byrne, the mom, she has like three scenes in the whole movie because they're separated now. Um, don't know why. I mean, I guess it makes sense for the story, but fucking stupid. She's great. I wanted more of her. Yeah. Uh, you follow the kid around his college a lot and it's just like, cool. I mean, whatever. Uh, so like the drama elements of the movie are good, but dude, it's not scary at all. It gives you absolutely no answers to the lipstick face demon or anything like that at all. Like nothing. It's, it's literally just like the first movie in the sense of like, he's back and he wants Dalton again because he wants to finish what he started. Oh no. Like it's yeah. It sounded like, 
it, that, it sounds like this was a just a move a vehicle for Patrick Wilson to finally get out because I just looked this up. It sounds like it's his. It was just a vehicle for him to get a directorial debut under his belt. Well, it was the high. It's the highest grossing Insidious movie. Isn't so. that some fucking shit? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Horror is just like on fire right now. Like even if it's just average, like it's horror is just doing really well. You can get bombed by critics, absolutely bombed by critics and fans alike, and you can still make $140 million. The extra Isn't that great. Like, like I love that. I think that's yeah, great. <laughs> like you'll you still make over a hundred million dollars with these things. Like, and when you're putting 15 million into them, 10, 5, 10, 15 million, dude, you're just printing money. Like you're just printing it. Shit, Jeepers Creepers Reborn got released for like five days, and it made like dude, $6 it was standing. Dollars. That I was talking to Sydney about that because the other day she was helping me go through some of my movies because I had to put another shelf in here just to file more crap. And she grabbed the steel book of that, and she's like, <laughs> "Did you see that? Did you see that movie in the theater? Am I imagine it?" I said, "Sydney, I couldn't believe it. It was standing room only." In that fucking theater for Jeepers Creepers Reborn, she's like, I, mm -hmm. she's like, I can't fucking believe that. Yeah, mine was packed too, and I, I told, I've told this story on the podcast before, but walking out of the theater, my brother was like, that's terrible, and I was like, you know, honestly, I think it was better than three though. And the guy in front of me randomly turned around and was like, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I was like, well, then you haven't seen a lot of movies, man. I did, I said that to him, but, but he wasn't. He, I, I believe the guy. It oh, probably yeah, was, was one of the, probably was, was one of the worst movies he's ever seen. Dude, I heard people laugh so many times in that movie, and it was not supposed to be funny. Well, they were laughing at it, not with it. Yeah, the weather vane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That terrible uh, CGI crow. Yeah. Fucking awful. Like, yeah, man. Dude, yeah. it's a gorgeous steel book, though, yeah. that they did. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now, dude. It's green and <laughs> Oh man. oh man! What a what what an experience! I'm if ready anything, for the next one. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey too. I fucking love Winnie the Pooh. Did you ever see that? No, dude. I, I love bad things. Well, guess what? Yeah, Nick, there's not a lot of character development in Winnie the Pooh. No, Blood and Honey. not about character. I heard people say like a lot of the effects are shit. The acting's bad. I I just I. It's called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about you. I'm just, I like, I said this, like, I really don't get what people are expecting. Like, I thought it was hysterical. There was this, because, dude, the, the pig, what's the pig's name in Winnie the Pooh? I forget. Fuck I know, Motherfucker, like, they, they look like Ninja Turtle rejects in this <laughs> film. Winnie the Pooh is dressed like Paul Bunyan. And he's got this face the whole time. And he li they literally just hack and slash people. There's one scene where this broad's in a hot tub. Are there boobs in it? I, I can't remember. I'd have to imagine there's boobies in it. It was at least, it was at least close suggestion. Because the film I'm referencing, she was in a bikini. Okay. They, brought, they take this broad out of the hot tub, and they run her head over with a car. Nice. And it's hysterical. It's just, I love it. I love it. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I can't wait. So apparently they're doing a Mickey Mouse movie. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm going to take my Do kid it. to see that one. Dude, <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. I, I, the only thing that pisses me off about this whole thing is apparently the guy that made Winnie the Pooh is supposed to be doing a Return of a Living Dead film, 
which I'm, I'm okay with a really bad one. I just hope it's not boring. Like, if this guy is doing a Return of the Dead movie, it better be full of naked people. Just <laughs> slap full of it. Because uh, that's a one in a million film. It just is. Uh, and that was a super talented guy. Dan O'Bannon was a, was a genius. I think he was actually a level one kind of guy. So to make a movie that good again is impossible. I understand that. But I don't know. I'm hesitant about this guy doing it. But then again... If it was a bigger studio doing it, I'd bitch about that as well. So it just yeah. it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Blumhouse's Return to the Living Dead. Oh, that would be the end. I guess <laughs> it'd say be PG thirteen. They'd make it PG thirteen. Yeah, I just I don't know. That is, it seems I feel like Blumhouse is about to start making a lot of PG thirteen movies. Yeah. They make more a money that way. A lot of them. Yep. I can't blame them. I really can't. If they, it's all about making money, if that's the case. Well, I was going to say for the people that watched that uh, when I was watching, I just was so fascinated by this. So he he was on Jason was on Shark Tank and it was so amazing because like whenever they have guest sharks, they do profiles on people. And it was so amazing to hear him talk because he I learned more about him in this than any other interview or something I've ever seen. And he straight up was like, our model is super low production costs, base pay for some of the actors. Once movies start to make after an X mount in the box office, they get, uh, they have, they, they have a, they have stake in the back end of the film in the profit. They have profit sharing, I guess. So that makes, that's like incentive for a lot of the people in the film uh, to want to be in Blumhouse movies, because if they do something that's really successful, they can end up making a lot of money that way. And it's just, it's so smart. Uh, I, I'm not sure, I'm sure that's not, he's not the first guy to ever do something like that, but it's, he, he may be the first guy to ever do something like that on a consistent basis. So you know, it's, um, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that because it's like a bit of revisionist history now. I remember in 2018, right before Halloween came out, and a lot of people were talking about, you know, Jimmy Lee Curtis, what a, what a woman. She took scale, she took scale pay. That's it for hot for this new halloween movie she she didn't care about the money she took scale because jason blum was probably like you get like 10 percent of the box office yeah which she did still, she did still yeah. 50 million dollars well i think she donated her scale pay yeah, to st jude's children which is cool yes. which is yes. cool jamie lee is a genuinely good person that's not me i'm just saying like if you watch if aware you know, of the practice yes. of what Blumhouse yes. right right they all do that because they get a healthy back end if their movie makes money I mean you know I heard they were making another orphan yeah yeah William Brent Bell the director said they're uh I don't know if he said he's written it or he's writing it currently but yeah they're gonna do another one good good for them good for they them pulled, or- they pulled that off because yeah. I think the girl who was in the the girl who was in it for the new one i think she was legitimately like on her knees for a lot of the scenes to make herself appear really short still um isabel Furman. she yeah i loved it i loved two more than one i thought so two I, was a great sequel it raised was, the stakes more energy yeah you know that was like wall. a true slasher movie like I, I really dug that. I really dug that movie a lot. That was actually one of my surprises. Did that come out last year? Or was it came that 20, out twenty twenty two? I think 
probably 2022. Yeah. One of my yeah, biggest surprises of that year. I, co- I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Or Speaking of which, deal. Christian, I, uh, I, t- I texted you about this a little bit uh-huh. days ago. Um, I showed my mom Exorcist Believer. <laughs> I, I still fucking. Yeah, she, she's a believer. She's a believer. I, I, I can't. I'm not even kidding you. She, my mom is very religious, y'all. So <clears throat> when a lot of the movies talking about religion and like quoting the Bible and stuff like that, I'm literally sitting on the couch next to my mother. And so many points, she's literally going, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And uh, <laughs> she said, there are multiple points where she's like, oh, this stuff just, this stuff scares me. Like, you know, the other stuff doesn't scare me, but like demons and stuff that just, that scares me that. And at the end, when the door opens and she goes, Victor, is that you? And then Linda walks into frame. My mom looked at me and she goes, oh my God, it's Reagan. I was like, yeah, it's Reagan. And she, my mom started tearing up. I was like, you know what? I mean, guys, put it in perspective. My mom saw The Exorcist in theater. She lived it. I, I understand yeah. that. I really yeah. do. So, like, to see Reagan McNeil, Linda Blair back on screen with her mom. No, same actors. Um, that meant something to her. Um, and uh, But after the movie was over, she said, I really liked that. I'm like, you did? She's like, yeah, I really liked that. But she did take issue with one thing in the movie. She did not like that they stabbed Chris McNeil's eyes out. She didn't like it. Uh, I had said something soon as the movie started. Uh, my sister was already freaked out. My little sister hates movies like that. And I was like, just wait till we get to a, and my mom was like, is there anything in this movie that's going to like, they're not going to kill Chris. Are you, are they? I was like, I'm not going to tell you, but there's something that happens with a crucifix. And my mom goes, she's not going to do things to herself with a crucifix. Will I was like, no mom, like 91 year old Ellen Burstyn. No, that would have been and, badass. Yeah. Then I would have gave it five stars. And then the scene happened where they they show the crucifix fall off the wall. And my mom looked at me and she goes, they're not going to kill her, are they? And she said multiple times, but why why'd they have to stab her eyes out? Why did they have to do that? I'm like, because David Gordon Green's a dick. He doesn't care about your legacy characters. I know he he'll doesn't. kill them all. He will. I kind of respect that. I kind of respect that he'll bring the legacy characters back to kill them. Like, well, like I said, dude, it, to me, it just plays off. Like he's swinging his dick. I can get these people back. That's how they, that's how it plays off in these movies to me. Yeah. Maybe not so much Jamie. Cause nobody fucks with Jamie. You, I guarantee you she was heavy handed with those, whether you like it or not, I'm talking to the viewers cause clearly Nick does, but whether you like it or not, she is gonna. She's not gonna, it's not a slight. I just know you like Halloween ends and I'm saying whether you like this movie or not, she is going to be involved with the shit she says and does in those movies. And to me, with with Exorcist, I mean, this broad must have just got a good paycheck, and I don't think she gave a fuck what was <laughs> no. on the page. She even admitted in what was on the page when they were asked, like, you've been asked multiple times to come back for an Exorcist movie, and you never did until now. Why is that? And she's like, well, they paid me a lot of money. Like that, she literally said that, dude. They are. I they. I'm really, I really am happy that David is not directing these next ones. I really am. And not because I'm happy he's gotten a job taken away from him. No, 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 I'm happy. Be, I think this is the best thing for him. I'm not kidding. He does yeah. not need to be Mr. 
uh, legacy horror sequel triplet director guy. That is like the worst thing possible. He needs to go do something, pick a good script somebody wrote, pick work on something. He needs to do something different. This is so good for him. I'm so glad he's not doing these movies. I really am. This would have been such a death nail for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And also, you know, expanding upon that, I think that like personally for him, I don't think he deserves half the shit he gets from people. So for him to be able to to step away from this now, like David Gordon Green can't be your whipping boy anymore. Find somebody else. Like you find somebody else, but you, you can't, you can't keep blaming everything on David. You, you can't take all your anger out on David and David tarnish this franchise and blah, 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 blah. No, no. Right. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. So yeah, my mom's a believer, uh, but Christian, the main, I never, top- I never real quick though. Like some people were asking me if I was going to, no, I haven't bought it. I have, I really don't want to watch that movie again. Not for a long I, time. I watched it for a second time and I got to say, I felt the same way I did. I thought it was slightly above average. Right. And, and but that but that's not good enough for me to want to buy it. It's not good enough for The Exorcist. Yeah, you know what I mean? want to buy. I haven't bought it either. I, I watched it on Peacock. Uh, I I definitely didn't buy it. Is it an unrated version or is it just the same thing? It's the same thing I saw in theaters. They so. didn't make an unrated version. I don't know if they did on like physical media, but um, it's not. It, it wasn't on Peacock. No. Well, um, I figured if even if if they did, they still would have put it on Peacock, like an unrated version. They usually yeah. do that. You know, well, they didn't put the extended cut of Halloween Kills on there. They didn't. Oh, maybe I'm mis- no. maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm mistaken. But I don't know. I mean, I just it it's a movie that I walked away from going. I still maintain this is probably at best a three star movie. Right. And is right. that good enough for The Exorcist? No. But I mean, in comparison to the first one, no. But most of that franchise is shit um, aside from one and three. And the TV series is pretty good. Um, I keep hearing that maybe yeah, one day if I'm, really if I'm watch it. maybe one day if I'm bored enough, I'll, I'll put that on. I'm telling you, know. you especially the second season, I, I, I think it's pretty strong. Um, right. but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's okay. I, I just, I think it also helps that I went in with super low expectations. Had I gone in with high expectations, like Halloween 28, it was the inverse of Halloween 2018, 2018 got announced. I was excited. You were, everybody was excited it, and it was a huge deal. And you so go and see fun. it. And yeah, it was a big event. And I was a little let down because I'd worked myself up into a frenzy over right. it. Whereas with Exorcist, I was like, here we go, I guess. And then I was like, okay, it's not terrible. Um, so yeah, you know. Those were such fun times, man. I'll n- I missed the hot. I, for all the shit, the run of going through those Halloween films, just the joy of knowing another one's coming and things like this. It's so fun. Yeah. You know, that's that like, and I, I thought the exorcist was going to be that way. I honestly, it honestly ended up not panning out like that, but the run to getting another Halloween and the run for ends. I used to, I used to tell you, I was like, dude, we're going to miss this when it's gone. I'm telling you the run, the journey, the chase is there's a motorhead song. The chase is better than the catch. And I agree. It's always fun. The anticipation and being in the mood and the music sounds better when you know a new, like if you're listening to the theme, cause I know you do, you, you tell me, you know, Christian, I was at work. They're just jamming the, the whole Halloween end soundtrack front to back. <laughs> I want you to imagine this motherfucker yeah. at work. Yeah. Just, 
doing this. <laughs> Meanwhile, in his ears, literally, well, actually, the one I, the, the thing I like to listen to least is the Halloween theme. I, that's not. I sometimes I'll skip that entirely when I'm listening to the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's the shit on the periphery, man. Like some of that shit is really good. Like, do you Carpenter? get in the zone? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, especially the Corey and Michael stuff. Those tracks. Oh, oh yeah, dude. God. I love, I love the track "Kill the Cop." I love that track because it starts off very like there's this ambiance and there's this like industrial echoey sound, and yeah. then it goes into a rendition of the Halloween theme that's almost like slowed down. And it's the moment where Michael is stabbing the cop in the sewer, and I just right. like, dude, I love that track that's so, so much. Funny. I love, I love it. it. I love it. it. Yeah, I love yeah. It. You know, I, I haven't done it since October, Christian. But yeah, I, I would walk around work and uh, you know throw that one on, throw kills on, throw 2018 on. Well, well, listen. Before we start talking about scripts and unmade stuff, what the fuck is Miramax? What the fuck is Miramax? Which I didn't even think was a thing anymore. Yeah. What the fuck are they gonna do next? Like. Hmm. I figured you would have heard something by now. I mean, there's a couple things that have been thrown around, but I don't think anybody really knows. Um, I The last time I talked to Brad from Bloody Disgusting, after the news was made official, everything was like, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. I asked him about like, well, first I asked him about the Halloween 3 like series that I I had heard a lot of rumors about. And he was like, no that's that's not something that miramax is is talking about doing right now i said okay cool a24 would have pulled some stupid shit like yeah but he did say that the next project that's being discussed is going to be it's probably going to be a a series um and uh but he said it's going to be a they're they're trying to build out a universe in the sense of like it's it's well I, i i hear you i do but I look at recently Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. I've been watching that on Apple TV+. Plus. It's actually pretty good. And it exists in the MonsterVerse. So it's like, it's after Godzilla 2014, but it's before King of the Monsters. And uh, it exists in that universe and it works. And um, I think it's pretty good. Um, so it can work. Yeah, but, but listen to yourself. You, you, you. You listen to how you even just said that. You're not that excited Fuck about no. Monarch. No. It's television. It's big budget television, though. It, it, it know, doesn't it's, matter. It's a it's television. Come on, like this is. Do I get excited for Monarch like I do for a new Godzilla movie? No, but like Nick, can you? Are you telling me you're gonna say to yourself or anybody listening to this? Man, I can't wait for the Halloween television series. No, God, no. I'm just you know what telling I'm saying. You what, I'm just explaining. Like this is this is what I've been told, and the intention seems to be that I don't know if it's going to be. I had heard a rumor about a series based off of Haddonfield, the town itself, like building out the town a little bit, uh, learning more about the lore of the town. Not so much Michael Myers is the main focus. That sounds interesting, I guess. Um, because I don't know how you make a television series about Michael Myers. Like, so I say, well, yeah. it's every episode just in the next year. <laughs> yeah, or like, are we going into like fuck? Thanksgiving and Christmas? Like, I, I don't know. What does he do in the downtime? Just uh, make another fucking movie and well, don't that, have that, Jamie in it. Like, it's that, like they're planning a new set of movies, is what Brad told me. But they want 
a leadoff point, basically. It sounds like they want to try to build a world a little bit and then jump into like a new trilogy. Uh, What do I think? Sounds fucking stupid. (laughs) I think it sounds stupid. Yeah. I think you just do a movie. Um, Can I interest you in Halloween Returns? A script that never got made. Never yeah, I can me. tell you're ready. You're ready to go. So let's get into it. Well, no, I just, I just thought that it was, I just, I actually thought that was pretty organic, Christian. To you know, well, where could they go? What could they do? I That's still kind of- think they should have done that movie. I still think they can do that. They movie. can. They can. Did you, you know, read that script? Hell no! I ain't got time to read a fucking script of an unmade movie. Pages. I ain't got time to read a script of a movie that didn't get made. That's why shout out to a uh, fucking uh, Dustin McNeil. He uh, saw the videos I was doing and he, he ended up sending me these books and th- they talk about Halloween returns in here. And this is, this is a uh, cliff notes. <laughs> I like that better. It's cliff notes. <laughs> no, I never read the script, but I do. The, the goddamn writer of that movie went on a fucking press tour doing a bunch of like interviews with people about it. He was so excited. Yeah. Like Patrick he, Melton, you know, Marcus Dunstan. Yep. Marcus Dunstan. Yeah, dude. I, I couldn't get away from that guy's name for probably a year. Like I just kept hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it. And re- re- uh, was remind me that was the one where they wanted to film it and fucking, uh, Bank Bangladesh. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I think it was Bulgaria. Dude, I'm so down with a Bulgarian Halloween. Are you what? kidding me? It wasn't the whole thing wasn't going to be filmed in Bulgaria. They were the going to film was they right? were going to film part of it in Louisiana, Christian, believe it or not. Um, but yes, they wanted to do some shooting and it was either Bulgaria or Romania. And Malik and Cod literally like two weeks before production started. Malik and Cod was like, no, we're not doing that. And I don't know if it was the other studios at play that were putting money into the project and financing it saying, yes, we are. We're not paying X amount of dollars to film in the Midwest. Right. And Malik Akkad, literally his quote was, Halloween is the Midwest. We're filming it in the American Midwest. It's, it's what we're doing. Like, if you don't want to do that, then we're not making a movie. Now, that's crazy. Do, do I think it still would have happened, though? Yeah. But the rights lapsed that year. Like that right. same year. That was the final bit. That yep. was the final bill. I think they could have eventually come to terms and, and, you know, one of them would have got their way or caved into the other one and it would have happened, but they lost the rights. So you're telling me that would have been a dimension movie. Yes. Yep. Oh, dude. Could you imagine mm-hmm. Halloween turn returns in a dimension extreme DVD? Dude. <laughs> Fucking bad. Okay. Let's be honest, Christian. Dimension extreme. What- the ones that was unmade was going to be a dimension extreme it would have been halloween 3d not halloween oh, a thousand percent but yeah. this would have been the last the last <laughs> the last uh stand right here yes dude i gotta tell you as far as this movie goes and guys that's like obviously that's the main topic for tonight is is some of these um these unmade halloween movies uh because christian did a series on this like a year ago on his channel yeah. and i was in the shower last week and i was like Thinking about Rob Zombie's Halloween too, you know, when I touch myself in the shower, I, I was already making that joke. So you couldn't, I was already making the fucking joke. Um, <laughs> you're right. Um, I was what, in the shower. Thing. Yeah. I can't remember what the impetus for it was, 
but I started thinking about some, no, I was thinking about something to do with like, oh, I know how it started because I got my recap for my year on YouTube. And my most viewed video of last year was a Halloween 2, like in defense of video, which has like 13,000 views and climbing. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. hell yeah. I'm, I was very proud of that, that upload. And um, I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about like, man, dude, that movie fucking rules, dude. Like, I, and then I was like, man, Halloween 3D, like what could have been? And I was like, dude, I'm going to. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a video, like a video essay on my channel. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I just did it. Um, and then I did one for Halloween Returns, and I plan to do a couple more of them uh, just because it's fun. And I, I it's something I can easily do because it's Halloween. Like, that's my wheelhouse. I, I don't have to stretch to do that. Um, but, yeah, dude, Returns, I got to tell you, it was a, it was a, it was a good idea. It was, it was a good idea. I thought it was cool. And they were going to bring back Hunt. From Halloween too. He was in prison, right? No, he was a sheriff now. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Myers? Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. He was on death row. That just, uh, if, if you open up a Halloween movie to me and the son of a bitch is in death row, as opposed to a psychiatric facility with a checkerboard floor for fuck's sake, the idea of him being on death row Dude, that sounds fucking metal to me. Oh, yeah. That sounds so cool. And you don't have to show his face. I still think showing his face was stupid. I don't like it. Um, never was a huge fan of it. I, even in Halloween 2, Rob Zombie, I, I still... I still... Actually, they kind of really kind of hit it still. So they did yeah. a pretty good job of that. Um, and they don't really... It's. I, I feel... I feel like they show it a lot more. It may be because of the internet and seeing all the bonus, but I feel like you got to see his face more in the new ones. Um, but the idea of seeing Michael just looking in a corner or something in a death row, oh, dude, that sounds so fucking awesome. Doesn't give a fuck if they're saying, Hey, your time's coming, buddy. We're going to gash you next week. And him just nothing dude. Yeah. just the idea of that sounds great. How did he get out of death row in that one? So the movie was going to open on on the same night of the original, like it was going to like Halloween kills almost. Uh, it was going to open like Michael made it to Hunt's house. Yeah, like on his rampage and he killed Hunt's wife and um, they subdue him and they take him in and he's on death row. And Hunt's son is like he wants to go to the execution because mm -hmm. Michael Myers killed his mom. Uh, and uh, mind you, this was going to, the movie was going to take place in 1988, which I think would have been cool. Hell yeah. And he's getting lethal injection. And, uh, I guess the, the script said that he like locked eyes with the kid. Um, and oh, the kid like, was in the room watching him getting killed. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. and he just like broke free of the restraints and went on a fucking rampage and killed a bunch of people like Halloween six style and broke out and he was on the loose and see, I like that. Just, it's not too complicated. It's very simple. He breaks out. It just didn't, it didn't do anything to him. I mean, yeah, I, I wonder who is going to do the music for that. <laughs> We're going to be John Carpenter. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I I wonder that myself. But yeah, and then the one of the coolest things about that script though was they made Michael like <clears throat> ghostly again. Like he oh, wasn't yeah. the original movie. Like he right. he was like he's there and then he's not. And he kind of has this aura about him that he's like supernatural. Like he's, he's doesn't, he's not like a man. Uh, and I, I thought that was really cool. And the, the way the movie ended too, was that he wrote in blood on a wall, this town will be never, never be safe again. And, uh, it's a lot of words. I know for a guy that doesn't talk to write in blood on a wall. And then he disappeared. Like he disappeared. He was still out there. And I've seen people take issue with that idea of like, why would like writing on the board and blah, blah, blah. The motherfucker can drive. Like, I mean, whatever. Uh, but having said that, I just thought it was cool the way it ended because it, it and, and that sequence in particular, because it literally like made it to where, yeah, Michael's truly motiveless, dude. He just wants to kill everyone in Haddonfield. It's not about family relations or anything. No, he just wants to kill people like yeah. in that town specifically. Now, who who were the characters? Was it just original people that were the focus? Yeah, it was new. Yeah, yeah, new characters. Except Hunter Von Lear was gonna come back and play Hunt from. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was gonna be the only returning character, except for the post credits scene. Do you remember the post credits scene, Christian? Enlighten me. Well psychiatrist mike one of michael's psychiatrists that survived is in a hospital bed and a man walks in wearing a trench coat and he's talking about you know michael myers and how he escaped and blah 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 and the man says he that's not a he uh he says it's purely and simply evil so you're telling me i didn't realize this so this would have been or like a retcon movie as well like it would have been a legacy kind of it would have been basically doing the same thing with the blumhouse films did it just without the jamie lee curtis baggage that's what you're telling me yeah it's it's kind of unclear i'd have to read like a lot of the script again and i i don't have the time or desire to to want to do that right now but it's unclear to me whether or not halloween 2 was going to be followed entirely i feel like Halloween two would have been canon as well because obviously yeah. Hunt was in the movie. Um, that that then, alone would have satisfied half of the fan base. Yes, but it including me up Halloween night where and Hunt's wife died. Whereas the end of Halloween two, it's November first, and Hunt's at the hospital with Myers burned up. So oh, that's true. Maybe it only references part of Halloween two. I, I I have no idea. That was kind of murky there, but. Yeah, in ways it was going to retcon, retcon pretty much all of franchise continuity. But the Loomis at the very end was going to be played by, and it says it in the script, Gary Oldman. Yes. Oh, wow. Gary Oldman is Dr. Loomis. Well, it didn't happen. It didn't. And it's so weird, too, how... You got to wonder what was going on with with the Weinsteins at that point, because they clearly went through the trouble for Hellraiser, but not Halloween. And I don't understand that. Is Do you think it's because part two wasn't 
nearly as successful as they probably wanted it to be, even though you, Rob made it Rob's? sound. Rob's. I, I, I feel like they, one of them, Rob said that one of them basically called it what it was going to make, but I, I guess they were expecting it. They were, they, they wanted more. And I wonder if they just felt the time, energy, and resources to put into it weren't going to meet the, the risk wasn't going to be worth the reward. That's what I wonder. Because otherwise, why let the time, I, I just don't know, like why, I, I just, I'll never, I guess I'll never know. I guess I'll never know why. Well, I mean, talking to Sean Clark about it over the years, I think that the answer, although it's not like publicly out there that this is the answer, I'm pretty confident the answer to that is Malik. Um, one, yeah, Dimension, the Weinsteins, everybody that was involved with Halloween at that time, they were, they were on hard times. Like they financially, they were not doing well. So, um, they're not going to be able to pour 15 million into, you know, every horror movie that they make in the Hellraiser movies. I mean, you give them $800,000 and a pack of gum and, and they're going to give you a movie, buddy. Um, but they could have done that with Halloween. Shit. You know, somebody could three, say, give them two fifty and a continental breakfast. That's yeah. all you need for Hellraiser. Yeah. And like, and, and you could say, well, they could have done that with Halloween too. They could have. If Malik Akkad was not in charge of the franchise, he would, he would, from what Sean has at least said, Malik would never have allowed that. Like he was never going to allow Halloween to get bastardized like that in the sense of like, we got a million bucks. Uh, you want to shoot in Romania? Like he was never going to let that happen. Uh, he didn't want it to get to the point where Halloween felt like an afterthought, like a straight to DVD. Here we go again. Um, because you know very well, it's hard to break out of that, brother. It's hard to break out of that. Um, I was just thinking about that. Has there ever been a situation of a something that went to went straight to video and came back in a big, big way before? Child's Play, but it didn't come back in a big way. They tried to, the remake, and it made like, what, 20 million bucks? Like, which it made its money back. But, I mean... You just get Hellraiser, for example, like the one we're talking about. They did a big budget reboot, but it went straight to streaming. They did not put it in theaters and they didn't put it in theaters because I'm sure the thought process along the, you know, among the brain trust there was this might not make money though. Um, I felt like there were a couple years there too of these straight to streaming movies that were like, oh man, or I think Orphan kind of did a little bit. God knows it ever came near me. Yeah, limited release. But like, indeed. think about this: Prey, Orphan, First Kill, Hellraiser. Uh, there was an Alien movie I saw last year that was fucking phenomenal. No one will save you. Yeah, I loved it. Like yeah, it those could have been great theater movies. Mm-hmm. They have the appeal and the prestige that they should have been, and they all would have made money too. I think so. I think so. No one they will save you is a great food. name. That's a like, hey man, you want to go see No One Will Save You? What the fuck is that? I don't know, but I'm in. Like, like that's a great title for a movie. Yeah, and it's similar to I, I think back to last year with Evil Dead, man. Like, Evil Dead had been an afterthought for a lot of people for the last 10 years. Nobody cared. Like, <laughs> and, and you you put out Rise in theaters, regardless. You're like, nah, we're we're gonna do it anyway. It makes like 150 million bucks. That's nuts like, to me. Hellraiser would have made money. Especially because it got good reviews. Like, it would have made money. 
Um, so yeah, I, but yeah, I think that's the biggest reason is Malik was never going to let that happen. Like the moment that Halloween goes straight to DVD is the moment that you should probably just call it quits in, in his mind. Um, Halloween for, for better or worse, right or wrong, no matter your opinion on it to him, he sees it as a prestige horror franchise or a prestige property. I respect that. I, I, but I, I, and I, yeah, going I to TV, I would, I would not respect. Yeah. And I agree with him. I do. I don't think Halloween has ever jumped the shark too bad. Uh, I think that there have definitely been some movies in there that you're like, eh. but most of them, if not all of them have a pretty respectable budget. Uh, they look like competent movies. And uh, I, I mean, they're legitimate films. That's not as you can't say that about a lot of these series that went straight to DVD and, you know, sequels end. you're like, dear God, what am I watching? Like Leprechaun back to the hood. I mean, uh, shit, Hellraiser revelations. Um, I mean, you go down the list, Leprechaun origins. What the fuck? Like, yeah. So I think Malik was right in saying, I'm never going to let Michael Myers die that kind of death that's and i mean look dude it paid off he waited almost a decade blumhouse comes around makes 500 million dollars with three movies yeah you know paid off um yeah but Halloween returns man it was a good idea it was a good idea i was a big fan of john carpenter's halloween four he almost did mm-hmm. did you read about that one? Oh, buddy I, yeah yep What's so funny to me is how people talk about, oh, John didn't want nothing to do with Halloween. But no, that's not true. <clears throat> he fucking hired a writer, for God's sakes, wrote a script for that movie, part four. And then when he lost, then he goes on uh, he goes on documentaries and he's like, I was done. I was done. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they never talked about that. I had to read about all that, which is why I, I always tell people, get those Taking Shape books. They're so fucking good. And he interviews people. He interviews D- uh, Dan- Dennis Etchison. You learn about this shit. This isn't he said, she said crap. I mean, those taking shape books are incredible because it's all interviews with the people that wrote these scripts, were involved with it. Oh, yeah, we were, we were doing this. We were doing that, blah, blah, blah. But I liked it. It was about the uh, the kids from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck is their names? Lindsay and Tommy. Lindsay and Tommy. And they, in this one, Michael was a fucking ghost. Straight yep. up a ghost, and that's I love the idea. Hey, didn't Dennis write the fucking novels? Yes, he did. He did that. I thought, I thought so. Yeah, so that's he, why Carpenter picked him. Yeah, yeah, I guess he liked it. Oh, and when I was reading those books too, there were nuggets that Dennis wrote in the novel for part one that are in part two of the movie. Mm-hmm. Little things, really cool. Yeah. Um, I have part three, the novel for part three, Jack something Martin, I guess is his name. Why? I don't know why he gave himself a weird name for his books, but those yeah. books are expensive. Um, those old, those old novels of Halloween one, two, and three. I've got I, three. I've got three and four on novel uh, novelizations, but very uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I got three, and Sydney Did read you it. Read three? Fuck, I don't read. Dude, it's good. It's Sydney, good. Sydney read it. She liked it. Mm-hmm. That's not true. I do read. I do audio books, and I read a lot of autobiographies. I wonder I don't if you a- could find Halloween three as on, as an audio book. I should do it. I should actually. I was going to say because it, I'm telling you, Christian, it is actually, um, it is actually 
like it expands upon stuff that you couldn't fit into a 90 minute movie. Um, it's, it's good. Like I, I, I like it a lot. I really do. I, I think that somebody like you, that's a big fan of that movie. I think that you would, you'd get a kick out of that. I hear you. Cause I remember Sydney was telling me about all kinds of stuff when she was reading it. That, well, I might do you. that, dude. I There's might actually do it. Two of them on YouTube. Uh, uh, yeah, but people want to hear my voice. Oh my God. People want to hear funny. people want to hear my voice doing it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you um, want to sleep? Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? Yeah, but uh, I did I did like the Halloween four Etchison script. Uh here's a little cliff thing. Revolves around Tommy and Lindsay along with other returning characters like Gary Hunt and Brackett used after the original massacre. It has a lot of supernatural supernatural and psychological elements including a michael myers who can grow in size that was the one thing in the comment section i remember when i did that video everything was dude that was awesome until the very end like that was the thing and i remember i was reading i was like what the fuck so apparently at the end of the movie i think michael was at a drive-in theater or something i think it was drive-in theater and he starts just murdering people left and right and something happens where like bracket and all them or finally corner him and he legitimately starts growing to like 10 15 20 feet in height i mean clearly that would have got axed from the script if it would if they would have went forward with it but i liked it i liked that john was like hey i'm not saying it's better than the movie we got but uh, among the ones i read i really liked that that was cool um but yeah after that when john lost that's when he tucked his tail and got the fuck out of there but no, he was trying to make Halloween 4. You know why? Because his movie career wasn't going that great. Yeah. People don't want to it talk was, about that, though. I mean, was, yeah. all his movies are legendary, but his movies were... he, Dude, his first run with... Both of his runs with Universal weren't good. But his first run was a disaster. Yeah. John has a lot of movies that aged well, but they didn't. they were not hits when they came out. Dude, he um, talked he talked about he talked about how pissed off the producers were for Big Trouble in Little China when they saw the final movie. They they thought they were getting Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's the kind of movie they thought they were getting. And he said that the producers fucking hated it when they when he finally showed it to them. You know, well, too late that, now. It's done, that, buddy. <laughs> That's the thing. John does his I got so much respect for him because he always did what he wanted to do in his movies. And that's ultimately why that's ultimately why he is a legend. Even though he made a quote, he was like overseas, overseas, I'm revered and loved in America. I'm looked at as a bum. Obviously he's not talking about horror fans and just move his, his fans, but I totally get, I totally get what he means because he is royalty overseas. I see some of these conventions he does over there and it's like, fucking Beatles concert. Like if they came back from the dead, the, the amount of people that show up to see him at, at these things. And um, John. Yeah. Yeah. No, John's going to, when John's gone, that's going to, that's going to suck. That's really going to suck because although it took a while for some of his movies to get like the notoriety that they deserve, like Halloween, the thing, I mean, the fog, like a lot of those movies, like they were not hits when they came out. They, they weren't. And uh, not when they first came out. And, um, but I think everybody knows the guy now. Um, it's kind of like inarguable that he's one of the greatest horror directors that ever lived. Um, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, as far as that script for Halloween four goes, yeah, dude. I mean, you're right in the sense that John wasn't done with Halloween. He was done with what they wanted to do with Halloween. He wanted to do something different and he knew it was a cash cow. Shit, dude. Everybody hated. Well, well my, my point is the only reason he was trying to get involved with it is because he was not having as much option, options anymore. His studio yeah. career was taking a dump. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's why he, no, to and, me, and that's why he was involved. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. And he, he was trying to go back to the well. Um, but he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it the way they wanted to do it, though, because my, he never wanted Michael Myers to be a character that was just going to live on for decades and decades and like no i mean he's been very open about that so his idea for four i thought was cool was really supernatural it was like i don't know more of the focus like on the town of haddonfield like i just i thought it was really cool it was a really cool idea it would have been like if a24 had gotten the rights to halloween that's the kind of movie they'd make with halloween i'd like to think so yeah i'd like to think so like, let's focus on the supernatural. Let's focus on the town. Let's focus on, like, metaphors and symbolism. Like, that was elevated horror before elevated horror was really in vogue. You know? That's cool. I don't know. I would have liked to see that. Um, yeah. Halloween 4 had a lot of scripts. And I'm not seeing it on this this list I was looking at. But the it's funny because I, I remember last year when I did this one, it just got swept up for some reason. Like, I guess it started showing up on just the homepage uh, for people on YouTube because the video was getting so many views. And it was my favorite one I did. It was one where it was like an MTV style Halloween four where Jamie came back and it was after takes place after it, it was. Some of it is silly, but the thing that the, I loved about this movie was they were going to have a band do us. Jamie was going to be like, working in the industry like the music industry and stuff like that and producing help producing bands and stuff and they were going to have a band for this movie they talked about some of the bands being rat and wasp which to me just sounds those are i love wasp wasp one of my favorite bands and there was a scene in this one where basically it's late 80s it's in new york high rise she's working in a big building and loomis is around and <laughs> they talked about like Michael was getting transferred or something. And I don't remember if he was, if he was getting tried in court finally for all the stuff he did, but he was getting airlifted to New York and they literally like there's commotion on the helicopter and Michael's body falls into the fucking river. (laughs) His body (laughs) falls into the river in New York and he just, they they can't find him, but then they hid it from the press because they thought people were going to freak out. And the whole movie is a cat and mouse with with Jamie in New York City and Michael. And I loved it. And I, I think like there was something Jamie had a kid in the movie and a lot of the movie had the babysitter and the kid in the house. And Michael was going after the kid, stuff like that. It was really good, the script. Um, but I don't even remember if they even the script when the script was made. I don't even know. I'd have to reread the book again. But I can't remember if Jamie had even been like, oh, yeah, of course I'll do that. Um, I think I even read that there were talks about recasting her. Oh, God. In the book. Um, so, but it was a good script. It was energetic and it was described as the MTV, kind of like a Dream Master style and energy wise kind of 
uh, Halloween film, um, which I liked it a lot. Um, but I don't know if, if I would have preferred anything we got over the movie we did. Like, I have, I, I poke fun at Rachel. Clearly, people like Rachel. I get it. She does nothing to piss off the audience. She doesn't say anything to piss off the audience. She doesn't do anything to piss off the audience. Uh, she's a pretty girl. You like her. She's, in wrestling terms, of a, a baby face. So everybody's just like wants to cheer for her. And then Danielle, who, God bless her. I love Danielle. I still feel like the best movie she ever acted in was Halloween 4. It's a fucking kid. So, like, that movie does so much stuff right, and it makes a lot of people happy. So I don't think I would change history, uh, but it was a long way. Like, that was the last gasp, the movie that we finally got. They went through a lot of fucking scripts before actually getting the one that they got for uh, Halloween 4. Yeah. And they took a lot of risks having a, a little kid in that one. You know, so I don't think I would change history, but some of these scripts I really like. There's stuff. The idea of Michael being ghost-like to me always was appealing to me. And I even think, oh, that's right. In the end of the Etchison one, Michael is about to kill somebody and the clock strikes strikes midnight. Mm-hmm. He disappears. To me, that is brilliant. It makes him a part of the holiday. What's the name of the movie? Halloween. Great tie in with that. Actually really tying that together. Uh, the fact that that hasn't been done in a Halloween movie yet, I think is criminal. I think that's brilliant. Um, it's so funny because people are like, I don't like it when Michael is like a monster and stuff, but then they talk about the first movie. Well, John said, he's not a man. He's a force. Make up your goddamn mind, you know, but I, I think that's brilliant. God, dude, I remember reading that and just thinking it hit me. I was like, you know what? That's probably the smartest thing I've ever heard of. That explains why he's gone all fucking year, <laughs> you know, like finally. God damn it. Maybe well, I would go with the Etchison. Maybe I would prefer the Etchison. I, I, think, I think I would because this time has gone on. I think Halloween 4 is solid, but I don't think it ages as well as some like as time goes on, I like six more and more and more, five more and more and more, four, a little bit less. And <laughs> I think the reason for that is five and six, they're fucking weird, man. Like they take some swings. Four yeah. plays it very close to the best, very close to the best. It's essentially a, a, a light remake of the original. Here's a babysitter. Here's these kids. Michael Myers, this town, his psychiatrist, you know, like it's very, very similar. Uh, and I understand why they did it that way. They wanted to reintroduce Michael Myers to a new, you know, audience and to audiences that missed him for the last, you know, seven years. I get all that. Um, but five and six, they just age better for me as time goes on because I'm like, these movies have more to say, they have more to offer. Like there's just more meat on the bone here. Um, but Etchison's idea for four. Yeah, dude, that movie would have been one that people would still be dissecting to this day. Like, and that shit intrigues me. Like, I that shit really excites me. I, I like that kind of stuff. And I feel you could do that movie right now. You, yes, especially now. It, it, that's that's kind of that's kind of where this is all going to lead when we get like to the end of recapping some of these ideas. So I'll table that for now. But yes, you could. Um, you know, one that. I don't know if this ever got made into a script, Christian. You'd have to tell me if if it talks about it in taking shape. Um, I I selfishly 
always kind of dug the idea of Halloween. Like that to me, like let, let's forget about how, how impractical it is. It's insanely impractical. How do you have Penhead versus Michael Myers? How's that even a fair fight? How's that a fight? Why is that a fight? Did Michael touch the fucking, did he, did, did he pick up the configuration? Like, how does that even happen? It was well, a script. I did a video on it. It tanked too, which is the reason I stopped making those videos for all the people that ask me about that. I still get asked about that. That and the, that and the Freddy versus Jason unmade scripts. Those weren't, they stopped doing so well. So they were way too much work, way too much fucking work. But yes, Halloween was a script. And if memory serves, I didn't watch that video. I forgot I did that. But if memory serves, uh, it was much more of a Hellraiser film. And it starred Christy. Christy was in it. And if I want to say it was, I want to say in that one, Michael was a pawn to Hellraiser. Like he was a pawn. And it just naturally, Michael's, uh, it turned into a fight, but it was a Hellraiser, it was a Hellraiser movie. It was a Hellraiser film. That's what it was. Because you know how people say, oh, well, Freddy vs. Jason is a, is a Freddy film. Yeah, It's the same thing. That movie was looked like as a, as a to me, I got to be honest with you, I think it's utterly ridiculous to think about, but that's also why I'd want to see it. I would totally risk uh, making these characters look hysterically dumb uh, for the sake of seeing them fight. <laughs> I would. Um, I just, I want to say also in the movie, Pinhead didn't do a hell of a lot physically. But then again, he doesn't really ever. But it was a, Christie was in it. Um, I don't remember. Ashley Lawrence. Ashley Lawrence. You. Yeah. I love you. So, no, and again, I did read about that, too, that John and Clive Barker were going to do it. They were going to do it. And then something happened before that where John wanted to make, oh, my God, it's coming back to me. It's coming back to me. John wanted to make a Michael Myers movie with New Line Cinema. So this is what happened. New Line wanted to buy, and I did do a video on this. New Line wanted to buy. I did a video on, I did a video on the Halloween Six script. Six 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 was the script, and Michael was a bum. He was a fucking bum, and it was a virtual reality movie. This video, I watched it two days ago when you were telling me you wanted to do this, and I do remember some of the things about that script. I don't want to get off topic too much, but. I do remember a lot of the stuff about that script, but that video I did was like, I don't know, 20 minutes long. There was so much crap in it. Uh, it was hard. It really was a bad script. It was horrible. Just really outlandish. But what I do remember, the most interesting thing about this was before Miramax got it, they had scripts with their bids. And 666 was not the first one, but one of the early scripts that was chosen to do after Miramax got the rights for it. But New Line tag team with John Carpenter, and they wanted to make a movie where Michael was in space. 
and Bob Shea yeah. is cheap, so he didn't get it. He didn't get. He didn't. They didn't. I I do wonder what the fuck would I want you to imagine if they got Myers if Michael, Freddie, and Jason, because you they because because they all would have been under the same roof. All dude, Michael, Freddie, Jason. And I don't know. See, the thing about Leatherface was it tanked part three. I love part three, but I think New Line lapsed the hell out of that. And then a smaller company put out part four like five years later. But had the situation been had the situation been where if they still had the rights to Leatherface, dude, I want you to think about that. What if all four of them for a period of time all would have been under the new line banner all four of them that is fucking nuts to think about yeah 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 to me I mean, to me michael and jason would be a great battle movie even mm-hmm. more so than freddy even though you asso- even though fans associate freddy and michael together because they're they are like the where Michael is Michael is clean and stoic looking. Like I get it. Jason's the opposite and dirty, slimy, nasty. And Freddie is dream guy and all that. Like I get why those two on vision. It's a great visual battle too, but Michael and Jason would be so fun. It would, there's no bullshit. There's no dreams. There's and I like, you know what I'm saying? It would have been so cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're pitching, it makes more sense on paper to have Michael versus uh, Jason than Jason versus Freddie. I mean, they're both in the real world, the tangible world. They're both, you know, like they have similar styles. They're hunters almost like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier. Um, Oh man. It would have been so cool. And no matter what Christian says, it would have been a fair fight. It would have been. Yeah. As long as you present, the characters visually in a way that would work absolutely Tyler and I, I i i would think i would think michael would constantly have to, would michael would have been a smarter fighter uh i think jason always should be approached as the underdog i think that was correct in freddie versus jason and i think if they did this jace not the underdog what am i trying to say uh the good guy a, a bit uh, because you know they kind of make Jason likable in Freddy versus yeah. Jason because his origins is so he's a he was a good kid, you know he was drowned. Yeah, I mean it's it's different than you know Freddy and uh, Michael. Michael was a murderer at six years old, and Freddy, yeah, you know kid diddling and and killing kids and stuff, and yeah, got set on fire, you know. Whereas Jason was just a really ugly duckling that drowned. Like, what did he do wrong? Um, <clears throat> I'm telling you, dude, that might happen still in our lifetimes. Don't check, be surprised. Check this out. I found this. This was the guy that wrote the script for Halloween. There was a script. How'd your pitch go over with Dimension? Not well. I met with a guy at Dimension who was your typical studio exec. I showed him my proof of concept trailer and made my pitch. He was the most... He has he was the most sullen faced person I'd ever met. No emotion on his face whatsoever. At one point, I wondered if he even had a heartbeat. It seemed like he couldn't have been less interested if he tried. 
and then I left. That was it. Years later, I read a story on Dread Central about Clive Barker and John Carpenter possibly teaming up to do Halloween. I was like, what? They just took the title and idea and approached them with it, I guess. And they did hold talks, both of them. I have a feeling Musta Akkad probably killed it. I can't imagine him going, no, absolutely not. I'm not doing that to my franchise. He did. <clears throat> Mustafa yeah. was the reason that they did not cross over. The main reason. That's well. No, well, the thing is, this guy is kind of talking out of his ass because Mustafa would have had no. Mustafa was losing the rights. A new line. Yeah. Here's the thing: people don't understand. Mustafa was about to lose the rights himself. He teamed up with Miramax. If 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 he would have if Miramax would have lost Nick Mustafa would not have had the rights. He's always the Akkad family will always have a stake in the right. I'm telling you, in this book, they talked about that. I know, but that, that's just weird to me because they are. I thought trank, the same thing. Trankus, so like I thought the same thing. But Mustafa had had a time lapse himself. He did because I, I know I that. No, I'll I'm never not forget. I'm that. not saying you're wrong. I'm I'm just trying to think about like how that would work because I know when. I know when the rights lapse with Dimension and the Weinstein Company after, like before they couldn't get returns off the ground, I know that the rights then sat solely with with Malik, and he had to. That, then Malik was able to shop them, and then just this past year when that happened, Malik was shopping them. Like they were, they he obviously can't do it alone. He needs a distributor. He needs the financial backing and whatnot. It but, may be different now, but I'm telling you, I'll never forget reading this. I got to find that that line so I can read it to you because, dude, it, it blew me away. When I but I'm pretty that. sure in one of the documentaries or making ofs of something, there is a mention of how Mustafa said no at you know to a, any kind of crossover. I Yeah, I'm telling you, I'll never forget reading this. Don't you love that though? Don't you love that Mustafa like held himself in such high regard with Halloween, but then would go and do resurrection? <laughs> like, we're not gonna let Michael lose credibility. Let's do Halloween resurrection. I, you know, it's just in hindsight, it's funny. Like it's funny to me. I'm listening to you, but you ready? Yeah. Just so, you, so people know I'm not full of shit. Because I can did pissing off Halloween fans is as easy as fucking drinking water. During this period, this is 1990 uh during this period of development hell, Akkad would encounter a serious setback. In short, he had lost the rights to make the new Halloween films. Possibly spurred by the delay in, produ in producing a new sequel, the lucrative franchise rights went back on the auction block. Hoping to regain control of the series, Akkad team with Miramax. I'm telling, telling you people, I'm not making this shit up. A COD team with Miramax Films to put in a sizable bid. The Disney-owned studio would chip in with the intention of releasing future sequels through their newly formed genre wing dimension films which was already home to hellraiser and children of the corn <laughs> trankus and dimension would face competition though so what he's saying i guess a cod's studio trankus is what that means when they say lost the rights to the film everything it sounds like this stuff all has all has uh there's a deadline there's there's limits to this shit i guess yeah, you so, have to re-up almost. Yeah. I'm telling you, so because I thought I thought the same way you what you just said, like his family owns it. Like Halloween belongs to but I'm assuming that's just not the case. Uh but anyway, also seeking to win back in the scroll series was none other than co-creator John Carpenter to set up quite the showdown. Carpenter had officially sworn off his involvement with the future Halloween installments. 
Yet his interest was piqued with a concept that had been brewing in his mind when he revealed to Fangoria in 1994. If you can't kill Michael, what do you do? You send his bitch ass into space. <laughs> Except he gets up there and ends up on a space station. Unhappy with the, uh, I'm not going to read too much more, but unhappy with the direction of the series under Akkad's guidance, Carpenter teamed with New Line to outbid his former colleague. Had their collective bid secured the franchise, New Line would have held the rights to not only Halloween, but Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If there was ever a time to be a horror crossover universe, that was it. Last part. Uh, both parties submitted their sealed bids with Akkad and Miramax prevailing. Sealed bids. So they don't know what the other people bid. That's crazy. Thus mm -hmm. production. So, yeah, I want you to imagine that. Now, I don't know what it's like now. If if Malik could... Uh, if it's is it if I, I wonder now is it Trankus and Miramax again? Like I wonder, I would assume so because they already had a relationship back then, clearly. So, I but yeah, dude, that, like that's just a thing. I mean, reading those books was great because not that I think people just talk out of their ass, but I just don't think people realize the business of. And I, dude, I learned so fucking much about the Halloween franchise, well, and I thought I was pretty smart with these movies, and Mir I realized I didn't know shit till I started reading these books. Miramax doesn't, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but Miramax doesn't really make movies anymore. They, they are still a, they are obviously still a production company, I guess technically, but. Notice anytime you see Miramax's name attached to anything, like the new Halloween movies, what else is in there? Universal, BN Media, and Blumhouse. I think that now, yes, I think that like <clears throat> the ownership of the Halloween franchise belongs to Malika Cod, probably in partnership with Miramax. Right. But Trankus or whatever Trankus is now and Miramax don't make movies anymore. They have to find people who want to use yeah. the property that they have the rights to it's, and put yeah, the money in to do it. Yeah, it, it's crazy how that business works. But I, when I read that, I wanted to say that to people, but. I was sure I would have been like, people were like, you don't know what the fuck you talk about. But I, I remember reading that. I was like, if people only knew that Mustafa almost lost the rights to Halloween himself. It's just crazy to think about. You know what I wonder, Christian? I wonder if when they re-upped in the, in the, this like last one, mid to late nineties, if that contract went, you know, a decade, two decades, whatever it might've been, I wonder if when Mustafa died, if because of his death, I, I, I wonder almost like if that just reverted, obviously it goes to Malik cause he's the next in line, but I almost wonder if it's like a, since it was an intellectual property that technically Mustafa at the time of his death had the major ownership stake in, if that like, it's almost like Malik's been grandfathered in almost as like the guy now. Um, well, is he, I thought Trankus was Erwin Yablons, which he has a book I want to read. It's called the man who made Halloween. And I want to mm -hmm. read his book on that. But I thought Trankus was Erwin is, is Malik also Trankus is Mustafa Trankus. Like um, again, that book might actually answer those questions I'm asking. 
Crankus was given the money to make Halloween by Mustafa. Mustafa was a private investor, essentially, like at the time. He was right, a guy right. that put money into, you know, projects and, and became an investor. And I think that I don't know if he got like partial. I'm sure he got some kind of stake in Trankus when he put the money to back Halloween. Like, I'm sure he did that because Trankus was nothing. They were a nothing burger at the time. Clearly, they had no money to make this movie. And Mustafa made that possible. So I'm sure because of that deal, he was also it's I mean, I hate to. It's similar in ways to like Elon Musk with Tesla. He didn't create Tesla. He's not an engineer. He didn't do any of that. He had money after Tesla was created, put a bunch of money into it to buy it and then put his name as like the CEO. Like I'm wondering if it's something similar to that. An entity was created, but the entity did not have the monetary means to really even be a thing. And Mustafa made that possible. So therefore it made him one of the top brass in that company. Because then years later, when Irwin was no longer associated with Halloween, four, five, six, Frankis International still was. So, yeah. It's so, it's so confusing. There's one person who can answer the question you're talking about. That's Malik himself. If anybody could fucking interview the guy. Yeah, he's you on know. a yacht somewhere right now. That's what we heard straight from Sean Clark, guys. <clears throat> Another one I used to really like reading about was uh, the idea of... Now, I don't think there was a script per se, but in Taking Shape 1, they talk a lot about the pre-production ideas and and, and Tommy, Tommy wanted to do a sequel that was like in real time a few years like then the year the year the movie came out 81 he wanted to do a movie with jamie in college yeah yeah i remember that one and in the book they couldn't show the picture of it but during the early days of the announcement of halloween 2 was going to be made in like 80 or 81 the book was talking about there was a trade ad in Variety or something. I guess in Variety, they used to always show like coming soon kind of stuff. There was a trade ad that said Halloween 2 directed by Tommy Lee Wallace coming. And there wasn't a well, picture yeah, was in there, there, but I used, I used to scour the Internet trying to I could never find it. But I used to try to scour the Internet when I read that. I think it said I think I even said in that video, I was like, guys, somebody, if you can find it online, I want to see it. That says directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, but I could never find it. He was their first choice. Carpenter yeah, yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he went to him and he was like, Hey, I want you to do this one. And when he saw what they were doing, you know, like, like same night, this. same movie. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to do that. Like, if I'm gonna do a Halloween movie, I want it to be different. And that's when then Carpenter went to a film school friend, Rick Rosenthal, and was like, Hey man, here's your first big break. Which it was really Carpenter saying, dude, I really don't want to fucking do this, but they're already making me write it. Will someone just direct this movie so it can happen and I can get paid? And Rosenthal said, yeah. And then when the movie was quote unquote done, Carpenter was like, no, it's not. And they did reshoots because <laughs> with Carpenter directing some of the, uh, all of those reshoots that they did. I read I, about I read yeah. about that and that if, if people are interested, I reading about that stuff. A lot of it was in the first Taking Shape book which is great, but I read about that dude and 
it was pretty ugly from what I read. Um, Carpenter was not happy at all. I think, I don't think anybody was happy with uh, Rick's first version of the movie. And they also talked about like how drug induced the, I don't, I don't recall ever watching that. I'm sure you've seen it a dozen times, but so you can probably speak on this better than me, but like the TV cut of the movie apparently is like whacked out or something. It's and not good. Like what, what is, why is it not good? It's like, is there new footage in that that I'm just not remembering or is it just edited weird? It's both. There is new footage. Um, namely the ending is totally different. And it is a god awful ending. Christian. Is that the one where he's in the in the back and he sits in the up? Sheet. Oh my god, yes! And she goes, "Jimmy!" Like, yeah, dude, it's fucking terrible. But the aspect ratio is jarring. It goes from like, oh, uh, that's right, because I I know Screen Factory has it on their discs. I have watched it. The one thing I do like about the TV cut is it just starts with the music. Yes, but the thing about the TV cut also, yeah, the editing is really bad. Like it's it's. It's really jumpy. Uh, the lighting in a lot of scenes looks like shit. Like it just, I hate to say this, but it's true. I actually don't hate to say this because I think there's proof of concept there when it came to Halloween Resurrection. Rick Rosenthal is not a good director, or at least at that time was not. He was a film school student. This was his first big break. And Carpenter did not want to direct the sequel. So he handed it off to somebody after his first option said no. And... Rosenthal wasn't ready for the job. It just wasn't good. Um, and a lot of what people like about Halloween 2 was John Carpenter, was not Rosenthal. And then when Rosenthal got his own movie with Resurrection, look at that turd. And Yeah, but that's not his fault, man. No, but, I, re- I read about that. Yes. They couldn't even tell Busta what to say. He said, fuck y'all. I'm just yeah, saying whatever do I want. Thing. Yeah, he ad-libbed a bunch of stuff. So he kind of got screwed on that. You know, what's, what are some of the issues we see with Resurrection, though, that are a director's fault? There's a bunch of moments, poorly lit, um, weird pacing, questionable editing at best. Like there, That post-production of that movie was a shit show, clearly, because that movie, front to back, there are moments that are it's so amateurish. Like it's so amateurish, and you saw a lot of that in Halloween 2's original cut before Carpenter did his reshoots. I just well, don't. Have, have we ever seen his original cut? Is that available? I don't think that was the TV cut. No, the TV cut is closer, I think, to what Rosenthal originally had. Um, but I, you, I mean, like you said, you can read about that with Rosenthal and what that cut was that Carpenter saw. And uh, why he felt it, he took it upon himself to be like, no, I have to go essentially fix this because my name is attached to this. This is shit. Do you and... know who was supposed to direct it? Ro- Rosenthal was not first choice at all. No, it was Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, after that, though, this was what was nuts. Uh, yeah, was Rosenthal Lynch. was third. I keep forgetting second person. D- uh, David Lynch. No shit. Yeah. I- I'm telling you, man, I... I and then it was, got, then it was Rosenthal, I, right? I made so many videos out of this fucking book. I love these books. Um, let me see, because I can tell you right now. Uh, okay, the Los Angeles Times reported that one contender was chair was none other than David Lynch. This was years before his trademark surrealistic style was like with Twin Peaks. Lynch was still a freshly fresh commodity in Hollywood, having only hummed the bizarre movie Eraserhead and the unsettling biopic The Elephant Man. The degree to which he was connected with Halloween 2 
Still somewhat remains a mystery, but paperwork was filed, and Carpenter would ultimately choose Harvard grad Rick Rosenthal to direct the film. This would be Rosenthal's first feature directing experience. Um, yeah. Wow. David Lynch. In discussion with his work on the sequel, Rosenthal has confessed to having felt both an obligation and expectation to continue in the style of Halloween as much as possible. This was due largely to the fact that Halloween 2 was a direct continuation of the night depicted in the first film. Adding his own personal flair to the sequel proved to be a struggle. Rosenthal does manage to infuse several scenes with what she identifies as German expression. <laughs> German expressionism, particularly within the framing of empty hospital corridors and the death of Janet and Dr. Mixter. Later on, paramedic Jimmy discovers life as body of Mrs. Alves in a darkened operating room. Um, here we go. Really, let me just, if you don't mind, because no, no, no. You know, we're talking about this. It's no secret that Rick's final cut of Halloween 2 was not well-received, not by test audiences and not by producers. John's chief criticism was that it just wasn't scary likening it to an episode of the med medical drama Quincy. He offered Rosenthal extensive notes on how to improve the film during during editing. Despite this, Rosenthal's second cut also failed to impress John whatsoever. Carpenter then stepped up begrudgingly in his involvement in an effort to salvage the project. The Halloween director nixed ineffective scenes with re-editing others. He also spearheaded an additional three days of filming to increase the, to increase the sequel's gore and suspense. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. In the end, the cut of Halloween 2 that was released was certainly not mine, Rosenthal told Fangoria. I was never a friend of John Carpenter's. I was just somebody he hired, so I had very little say once he decided to change my cut of the film. I haven't seen or talked to John in years, but it's not like I'm pissed off at him. Sounds like it. Um, but here's the thing that I, I do feel for John, uh, Rick a little bit. I did read about this. He said he would get notes. This is in the book. He would get notes from Deborah, Mustafa, and Dino, the Universal mm -hmm. producer guy. And he says he would get notes from all three of them. And a lot of them would be complete contradictions to what the other one was saying. So imagine that, too. I mean... As a person, I think Rick is the funniest guy. I love him. The fact that he says he's directing scenes in a Speedo. As a person, I love Rick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, for this to be your first movie, I I mean, I probably wouldn't do a good job either. No, and I think Carpenter kind of – I think Carpenter, in Rick's defense as well, yeah, it's nothing personal against Rick. I, I do think that Carpenter selfishly kind of fed him to the wolves. Um, cause he knew that this movie was going to happen. He knew he had to have some kind of involvement in it, but he didn't want to direct the thing. And when his choice said, no, I think he was just like, who can I pass this buck on to? Yeah. Like, and I think he just passed the buck on to Rick. Here's something really quick. This was interesting. I actually had this kind of marked off. Here's a quote from Rick. Uh, Dino came to the editing room one day and said, Oh, Rick, this movie's way too damn slow. Take the scene out with the apple and the razor blade. And I said, Dino, I'm not sure who has final cut here, but I can tell you John and Deborah love that scene. And so in the end, the scene stayed. This was a good example of the politics I dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis in Halloween too. So I think you're a little harsh on him, Nick. I think you need to lighten up on old Rick. Oh, shut up. I, it is no, I'm serious. Personal. I think, I think, I think you're a little harsh Rick. on him. Uh, I think Resurrection was an absolute shit show from day one. And he was trying to, I actually think, I, I applaud him for trying to do uh, 
what do you call it? All that technology crap, but it was way too, it was way too early to be trying to do all that and make it good. And the idea of having different endings in the theater, just be practical. Come on, Rick, you can't do that shit. And they were still yeah, shooting on, they were still putting prints out. Now, Nick, I want you to imagine how do you divvy that up doing different prints of these movies on film with different endings? It's a fucking, that'd be a, that'd be a fucking nightmare. Um, but I would have liked to have been a fly in the wall just to see, uh, like, what do you do when you got Buster Rhymes? He's like the biggest thing at that point, right? That He was huge in 2001, 2002. What do you do when everybody's afraid to tell this guy, you can't just say whatever you want. <laughs> like, you can't do that, man. Like, oh, God. Yeah, but Busta isn't something for me that sinks resurrection. A lot of people say that. I think he's funny. Like, I, I think that Busta actually brings a little bit of life to that movie, which is pretty much lifeless, honestly. Like, it's a dumb character. It's a poorly written character, 100%. But the role, I think he did the role fine. The role just should not exist. Um, that's that's my argument there. Um, look, I, I just... I You can... Yeah, he was up against it. Absolutely. And like, I mean, I agree. It's nothing personal against Rosenthal, but I just think that many times directors are up against it from producers and writers and, 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 you know, other peers, whatever it may be. And they can still churn out a pretty good movie. And a lot of people would say Halloween two is a pretty good movie, but then Rick Rosenthal would tell you himself, that's not my movie though. So, you know, I just feel like I don't think, it was uh, at the end of the day where I land with it is I, I don't think it was fair to do that to Rosenthal. I don't, I think at the time Rosenthal saw it as this is my chance. This is my chance to get my name out there to, to break ground as a, as a director. Yeah. But I don't think it was fair. I don't think it was the right time. Um, I'll tell you yeah. what I respect about Rick. He has every, he has every, maybe not right but you would expect him to be bitter and talk about how this person fucked this up. This person was changing. I've never heard him sound bitter. No, he's a fun guy. He's a, he's a jolly guy. I think that's amazing. He's a a jolly carefree. You know what? He's going to get paychecks for the rest of his life. So like, I don't think he really cares like at the end of the day. Um, But I mean, Carpenter's kind of an egomaniac. You know that. I know that. We all know that. He's kind of he's kind of an asshole. He's a prickly old man. And he was a prickly old man when he was 30. Like, <clears throat> he wants things done a certain way. How he wants it, when he wants it, by his means. I mean, that's a lot of, like, really good horror directors are that way, though. Mm-hmm. Or just directors in general are that way. Uh, so, yeah, I think where I land with it at the end of the day is... Rick was, he tried to make the best out of a less than ideal situation. And well, he got a crash course in fucking the fucking movie business. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And you know what? He churned out at the end of the day. I'm sure more than half of the movie is his movie, you know, um, but turned out a, a, what a lot of people would say is the best sequel. I mean, it's not, it's not my favorite, but a lot of people would say it's the best sequel. So good on him. You know, I mean, I love it. Um, I don't like it as much as part part one, you know. No, no, but the uh, the other sequel 
the one that I, the, the first one that I covered that that video is doing really well. Um, so shout out to all you guys that are, that have watched that. Um, Halloween 3d man. Now I know you're partial. You, you're, you're a, you're a Todd farmer guy. I, I know you like Todd farmer and, and the, the Lucier farmer team is brilliant. Yeah. Yes, I think they I, should have made a lot more movies together. They should have. Um, they have a very unique style. Um, and, and what they do is fun and it's, it's like gleefully depraved. Um, and it's just, it's, they're easy watches. Like those kind their kinds of movies are easy watches. It's it's like eyeball candy, but, um, I, in hindsight, I am glad that they didn't do a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween too, because tonally that would have made no fucking sense. Like you go from Rob Zombie's Halloween two to a Halloween three, you bring back Scout, you bring back Tyler Maine. Scout's now institutionalized. It you know it comes out that she actually killed Loomis at the end of Halloween two and imagined uh, Michael doing it, and uh, obviously Michael breaks in <clears throat> to the sanitarium that she's in and you know wreaks havoc in in the sanitarium. Now I love the idea of the whole movie taking place in a sanitarium was awesome. Like yeah. I, I just, I still want to see a Halloween movie do that. I just think that's such a cool idea. Um, but there was not a lot about that script that I, I just don't think it worked with the movie that came before it. If it would have been a, a reboot, uh, you know, a new Halloween movie that was untethered to previous films, I think it could have been really fun. Like my bloody Valentine 3d, you know, that was a reboot. Hey, we're going to, we're going to put our stake in my bloody Valentine. Um, doesn't need to adhere to sequels that came before it and stuff like that. But like, especially because dude, Halloween 3d was going to come out a year after Rob Zombie's Halloween too. It was going to be fresh on everyone's mind. You're going to bring back the lead actress. You were going to bring back anyone that survived. You were going to bring back. And it just totally was not going to work at all. Like it would have just been so jarring. Like, I don't know, <clears throat> but selfishly, I would have loved to see Scout again because I loved her as Lori and I would have loved to see Tyler as Michael again. Um, yeah. This is crazy to me. Unbeknownst to Zombie, the wine scenes had been planning a third Halloween without him for quite some time. In fact, the studio reached out to Todd Farmer and Patrick Lucier even as Zombie was still shooting Halloween 2 in the spring of 2009. <laughs> Why Bob would formally announce Halloween 3 to Los Angeles Times on August 31st. Three days after its predecessor opened in theater as announcement revealed that the Weinstein company did not expect zombie to return. And they were actively talking to other filmmakers over the series. That's mm -hmm. fucking crazy. I don't remember that. I mean, granted, what was that? What did I say? That was, what did I say? That was from, um, what, what do you he, mean? What? He announced that in what the Los August Angeles 30th, times, Yeah, Los Angeles times. I don't mm -hmm. fucking read the, I, I remember, I vividly remember the announcement and I was like, Hell yeah. It was on Yahoo movies. Uh, I was like, hell yeah, let's go. We're getting another one. Can't wait. Um, yeah, man. Uh, they had planned it beforehand uh, because they knew they knew that the movie was going to do well enough to where they could make another one. And at that point, Dimension was, uh, you know, the Weinstein company, they were up against it, man they needed to make money and they knew they needed to make money. So if any movie they put out there gave them a net profit, they were going to try to milk that cow until it was yeah. dead. Like listen to this 
On September 12th, the screenwriters had a conference call with Malik, Dimension exec Matthew Stein, and head honcho Bob Weinstein. Farmer Lucier found Akkad congenial and supportive of their concept. I, I should say, the first thing they brought up was, hey, we want to do this in 3D. His questions were smart. We had smart answers. Once we won him over, there was zero hesitation. He was a powerhouse. We do this. We get this guy. We move on. I can make this call. I can make that call. We left the meeting, and suddenly it was all very real. Yep. And they wanted, like you said, they wanted to make it in 2010. I'm, I'm finally reading. I, I never got this far in the book. But uh, I remember you telling me about this film, and it was supposed to be, I don't know if sleazy is the word, but. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Weren't they going to make Scout be like a sexy psych patient? Uh, in ways, yeah. That sounds great. Um, but it was it was more the. It was more like the staff, like the staff, like there was I like I told you, there was a part in the script where there was like a doctor or a nurse or something. And she like walked in the room and the script read she walked in and she was fucking hot. Like, that's what the oh, script God. And like, that's what I mean when I say I just don't think that would have worked. Like, not as a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Like, just just no way. And and dude, oh, my God. The ending is so bad. Lori kills herself. She literally kills herself. It was like, What? Like, this is what we're doing. And it's just, yeah, man. There would have been, you you know, there would have been some fun-ass Farmer Lucier type shit in there. Some cool 3D, some hot girls, some over-the-top kills that are just super fun. Um, but, like, yeah, as a sequel to that movie, though. Like that move, that previous movie was the opposite of that. It was depressing. It was. <laughs> it I know. Was I'm scary. reading it now, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, I know you would have eaten that. Sh- I I I say you would have eaten that shit up, but I honestly don't know if you would have because I think being such a big fan of Rob's Halloween too, I do think like looking back on it, you'd be like, yeah, but I don't really think that way. They should have gone with the sequel though. Like you know, I love dark endings. Yeah, but it's I don't know. I don't know. That well that isn't that why Halloween 2 is perfect and never needed a sequel. And I'm glad it didn't get one cuz that is the downer of all downer endings. Like Lewis is dead, Annie's dead, Michael's presumably dead, Lori, depending Wasn't on the there cut. A, Isn't there a theory that the whole movie just was in her head? And that's why she was in a psych ward? Yes. But it's not true. Um, Rob Zombie has addressed that before. No, Michael Myers did come back. Um, I like it when directors just say shit like, "Sure, I like that." Well, he did. He <laughs> he did say though. He was like, "But you can absolutely read it that way." And part of that was intentional. Like part of it was to so make it you, is real. It part of it was to make you wonder. Yes, but he so did it's con- fucking real. He confirmed that Michael did come back. That is Michael Myers. Like when did you did this movie, when you did this movie, did you go over why? It didn't happen. Yes. What was it that you read? I'm just curious. So 3D didn't happen uh, for actually a few reasons. Uh, one of them was it, it came when it came time for them to like actually 
decide like they were setting up for pre-production like it was going to happen right and there were money issues there so they kind of tailed it they gave it a new release date of 2012 it was going to come out october 26th of 2012 they thought more time would allow them to um prepare for that financially while also they put they put scream 4 as their focus and that was what that that's what i read was the biggest reason was that dimension and the weinsteins basically made a decision which one do we prioritize um and i get and their thinking was we'll do scream four that'll be a really big hit and we'll use that money that we make from that to do halloween three um also an issue was they didn't have scout or tyler contractually obligated to come back but they were both interested in coming back but they couldn't get they didn't get either of them to sign on coming back because both of them were definitely not super keen on the idea without Rob. Um, so it, it was really a multitude of factors, but the reason I read being the biggest reason was the, was money. It was like, it was the financial situation of it. They were afraid from what I read, they were afraid that they needed their next movie to really be a hit for the future of their company. Yeah, you got it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to test you. I'm just because I'm reading this. I'm reading this and they prioritize Scream 4, correct? um, In a sense, basically, this is saying in by 2000, by June of 2009, the Weinsteins were in financial straits with rumors of a possible bankrupt. There are also layoffs. They were so broke they couldn't afford to release one of their own movies. Box office records show that 2009's Janky Promoters, a comedy starring Ice Cube and Mike Epps, only returned nine grand against a ten million dollar budget. If you don't hear, if you don't recall hearing about Janky Promoters hitting theaters, that's because it never did, not as intended. The Weinstein's couldn't afford to give it a actual theatrical release, according to Ice Cube. The Weinstein's canceled planned reshoots, cut the movie in secret, and dumped it on DVD. Um, and then it was saying, let's see, the production for Halloween 3D started coming quickly. Tyler and Scout were approached. No deals were signed, but the interest was there. Um, then this was interesting. Upon submitting their draft, everybody, I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to be too long, but Malik Dimensions, Matthew Stein loved it. Bob didn't say anything. And said, hey, we got to develop it more. The primary source for the shutdown would be related because they were going into a shutdown, apparently. The primary source was because of crippling money matters. Despite urges for all parties to see Halloween come to fruition, the studio was simply too broke to finance it. And that was on hold indefinitely. So So if they had money, we would have gotten Halloween 3. Yeah. It was going to happen. Um and yeah, their uh, their big get out of jail free card was Scream Four. They were like, "This will be the movie," and then it wasn't. It, it looks like there was another Halloween three script that those guys wrote, Halloween three And I remember, I'm sure you remember this too. It Here, was look. retooled. It was retooled when they announced the 2012 release date. Yeah, it was retooled. Do you uh, remember? Do you remember? Somebody made a fan poster. It went everywhere on the internet. Yeah. It was called Halloween Three, directed by Patrick Lussier, mm-hmm. and it, it was looked like the Halloween Three movie. I used to see that on Google Images because when I would go, be like, okay, let me find some Halloween Three art for my wallpaper, and I would see that picture, and I would be like, that's not true. And then, sure enough, 
But see, during this time, Lucier and Farmer were rocking and rolling. Drive Angry. Uh, yep. They were the hot Valentine. kids on the. They were the hot kids on the block. So, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Why wasn't it made? Simply put, the wine scenes never followed up on Halloween 3.0. But this is less a reflection on Farmer and Lucia's work and more an indication of the company's notorious reputation for being wishy-washy. Franchise sorely lacked direction. Dimension sorely lacked creative leadership. Oh, man, oh, man. This is nuts. Yeah. Oh, and man. that's that's what happened. Had the Weinstein Company had a little bit more money, guys, we would have gotten a sequel. Oh, dude. I can't wait to read about this. Platinum Dunes Halloween. Yeah. I have you heard that. about this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, really this quick. Was that era, man. This was Tell that me about era. I'm reading this, and you can lead off if you know more. On April 1st, 2012, Bloody Disgusting broke a few major scoops on the franchise, which they assured readers was not part of an April Fool's prank. They reported that not only was Farmer and Lucier's 3D not the table, but the entire 3D approach was as well. The site also refuted rumors that Halloween would be PG-13 or part of a found footage genre. Yep. By far the biggest bombshell was that the wine scenes had brought on Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes to produce the next installment in the series. Under the guidance of Brad Fuller? And Andrew Form. Showrunners for uh, Crystal Lake, if I'm not mistaken. Who had produced successful remakes of Texas Chainsaw, Amityville Horror, which I think is okay. The remake is pretty good. It's Brian. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Friday and Nightmare. Each of these projects had made a domestic box office and grossed nearly $100 million. Apart from the original, no Halloween had ever come close to those kinds of numbers. I thought Halloween 2007 did $100 million. It it didn't? Uh, 79. What the fuck? So you're telling me that Friday and Nightmare both outperformed Halloween? Well, in fairness, that stuff wasn't in vogue when Halloween 07 came out. Halloween 07 kicked down the door. It was kind of early. Yeah, yeah, and then when it kicked down the door... That's when you really started to that that craze really came back. Um, very similar to the original Halloween. How the original Halloween kind of opened the door for for those franchises, and then as years went on, people wanted more and more, and those subsequent sequels got bigger and bigger. This is why people can't trust Bloody Disgusting, including you. And tell this to Brad. Unfortunately, Bloody Disgusting's reporting of a partnership between Dimensions Platinum Dooms lacked proper context. Shock to you drops Ryan Turek would pump the brakes on this scoop later this day. After making phone calls, Turek discovered Platinum Dunes was one but several companies Dimension was taking pitches from. No agreement had been signed between the companies making news of their producing a new Halloween. Nothing more than wishful thinking. You gotta be kidding me, bloody disgusting. This is yep. bullshit. Y'all see well, motherfuckers. They learned, they learned some lessons, believe me, because they don't break shit now unless they can confirm it. Like y'all some motherfuckers for that. But yeah, no, I remember that. I remember because I I remember reading the article that day and it was like, no, this is not an April Fool's joke, like blah blah blah. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Platinum Dunes, like, I don't know how I feel about this. And uh but and then it I remember subsequent reporting saying, you know, they weren't sure if Lucier and Farmer were still going to be a part of it, but they weren't going to be using their 3D script. Like it was, they were, it was, I don't know if it was starting from scratch or or salvaging some of what they had from that. I, But at that point it'd become clear 
that Scout was probably not going to come. Or no. No, Scout was going to. Because I, I remember, remember her on Twitter saying, yeah, it's, the rumors Twitter. are true, guys. Yes. I remember that. I ju- That's what I just thought of, too. Yes, in 2012. Yes, she was going to come back. Yeah. She said that on her Twitter. Um, that's fucking nuts. Why do I remember that? Because we both have an affinity for Scout. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I remember that. And it, but it never got off the ground. They never got, they, they just never got anyone, you know. And, it, and it, I, you got to look at the context, too. By the time 2012 rolls around, dude, Hara was probably in a lull big time. Or oh, it yeah. was. Yeah, it, it was. just was. So that then the ship had sailed. They never really made that Halloween during that 2010 11 craze. Those two years, dude, were really 2000. It's funny because like 2009, 2010, that's really the big years. But then why did Friday Halloween 2 not do that great then? That doesn't make any sense to me. Because if my bloody Valentine literally raked in millions, Elm Street and Friday the 13th raked in fucking millions. Well, you Christian. mean to tell me, you mean to tell me all so many people didn't like Rob's movie that they didn't go see too? It's 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 a it's a multitude of things. When did my bloody Valentine come out? Do you remember? February 2009. Yeah. Right around Valentine's Day. Um when did uh, Friday the 13th come out? On a Friday the 13th in 2009. Uh when did a Nightmare on Elm Street come out? April at the end of April of 2010, 10. Uh, right before summer, right? Right before the, uh, the summer box office craze starts. What did all of them have in common? Not much, if any competition that they went up against. So you release the movie right around the time of year that you're supposed to release it. So you can market it as, as such, you don't have a lot of competition. And these are franchises that people hadn't seen in a while. Halloween 2007, while it made a lot of money, a lot of people hated that movie. So there's a sour taste in people's mouth. Then they go, not only- It's so interesting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's just like nobody I fucking knew was saying that. It's just so crazy. I I, I can't wrap my head around that. There are that many motherfuckers. You see it on YouTube. I know, but like that wasn't reality for me. And that's why I can never truly- See, like, oh my god, this wasn't this wasn't John's movie. Nobody not, was fucking saying that in my world. No, that's not the biggest you know, reason why it didn't do well. The I'm not arguing reason, with you. It's just, dude, I, I can't. And, and you're right that there were people saying that, but dude, it's so bizarre how my recollection of Halloween 2007 was so good. People were having a blast. Yeah. Took over the world, dude. It was a big deal. But I'll tell you this: I think still to this day, the biggest reason why Halloween two did not do well is twofold. They released it in the summertime. I you, you fucking stupid. I know I had just started my senior year of high school, so I was. Yeah. It was school, so it had to have been September. Yeah, they. It August, was August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth of two thousand nine is when Halloween two oh, came dude. out, and that was, like the, that was like the second week of my year of school and senior yeah. year. Then, so they release it at the beginning of the school year in still technically the summertime when it's a movie called Halloween. Great, great idea, and because of that, they released it. With competition, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this to you because Final Destination Four, Final Destination Four came out the same weekend, so it went up against a franchise that was very popular. Um, 
But nobody was talking about that. It's so crazy, my reality of this time, dude. All my friends were talking about Halloween. They weren't talking about Final Destination. It's crazy to me. I know. I know. But I'm just trying to see here. Dude, I was excited for Halloween. Me and my brother were over the moon. Because Zombie was so fucking popular during this time. It's crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. Final Destination came out same day. You also had in theaters at the time District 9, pretty big sci-fi action movie. Um, I'm trying to see what else was out. So those are the two biggest ones. Well, so Paranormal Halloween Activity. Two, Is that Halloween the same two, time? That would have been October. Halloween 2 came oh, out. They would have got, got really fucked then, Nick. Yeah. The <laughs> Halloween 2 came out up against Final Destination 4, which was a much bigger entity at the time because everybody was going to see those fucking movies just because it was like perfect <laughs> teenager go see those movies nobody's was talking 3D. about that shit anymore dude i know and it was in 3d which was a big draw obviously at the time and then district nine which was stealing a lot of the adult audience because that was a sci-fi action movie and it came out in august august it's called halloween it came out in august I mean, yeah, but they, didn't H two O do that too, and it didn't matter that much. H two O came out in July. Yeah. Oh. But guess what? H two O had that Halloween. Too I bet you it had legs. Jamie though. Lee Curtis. I bet you that had legs too in the movie theater. Yeah, it did, and it, it had Jamie Lee Curtis. Like that. That that's really what it was at the end of the day. But also, mind you, now it's in unadjusted dollars, but. I'm going to look it up right now. I want to say Halloween H2O only made about $55 million. If I'm, if I am correct, <clears throat> Halloween H2O 75. Okay. $75 million. Um, and uh, let's see. 55 domestic. That's where I had the number. And then um, so opening weekend of 16, International gross of twenty million for a worldwide total of seventy five. Halloween two made forty million worldwide. Rob's first movie made like seventy nine, so it made half of that movie. Um, but I'm telling you, dude, if they released Halloween two a month later, like I two think it would have been worse. No, two weeks before Paranormal Activity, I think they would have been fine. Oh, you mean before Paranormal? Yeah. I was going to say, like if, they, if they went up against Paranormal Activity, dude, I don't care if Jesus Christ came back from the fucking Nazareth. <laughs> he would have had a low attendance because Paranormal Activity was, dude, my, I'll never forget my fucking teachers saying, are, you, are y'all seeing this Paranormal Activity? My teachers were talking about it. Mm-hmm. They were saying, are y'all seeing this movie right now? Fucking crazy. I know. I know it. I know it. But... Yeah, it was just a multitude of factors why that movie didn't do well. <clears throat> and it, it it really got hurt by poor word of mouth because I just read to you that Halloween H2O opened its opening weekend with $16 million. H2 did the same fucking thing. I'm going to just look this up just to be 100% sure. It Yeah, it opened six, to $16.4 million opening weekend. Same opening weekend as H2O. Here's the problem. In week two, it dropped 65%. Wait, made like 4 million? 5.7. Jesus Christ. 
And then in week three, it made barely $2 million. It had no legs. It had no legs at all. Movies aren't all, most of the time, if it's going to be successful, it is not about the opening weekend. It is all about, does it sustain? Right. And people went and saw Halloween too, critics and fans. And you already know the general sentiment at the time. Most people were like, that was dog shit. They're wrong, by the way. Um, but that negative word of mouth really hurt that movie. It really did. Um, and it's unfortunate. Opening to $16 million, man, n- most of the time, the, the general rule of thumb is a 2.5 time multiplier with box right. office. The only reason I know that is because of you. Exactly. <laughs> so you're going to open whatever you open at. You're going to do about two and a half times that by the end of your run, which right. means that Halloween 2 should have made $40 million in the States, bar like at, at, at the bottom of the projection. And then you would say what domestically or across seas, you would overseas, you'd probably say 10 million or so. So you're looking at 50 plus million, just in in an average box office multiplier. It made 39 million worldwide. That's crazy. So that negative word of mouth killed the legs. It killed them. It just, it just cut the legs out from under it. And also you dumped it. Like you said, at the beginning of the school year, like no, you said that, not me. Well, you said your school year had just started. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm yeah, yes, my school year just started, yeah. but I, I, I didn't know that. I, I forgot that it got that was released the weekend that before time. my school year started. That was the weekend before. So, it's just a really bad time to release a movie. You don't release movies then. You just don't. Like, it was poor. It was the Weinstein's fucked themselves. Had they made fifty million plus on Halloween two? Oh, you were getting Halloween three, buddy. You were getting it. You were getting. The what kind of money laundering were they doing then, dude? That's what's uh, well, crazy to me. You know, Harvey and Bob weren't uh, very good dudes. Do you so. think, do you think, well, Bob, I don't know that he did anything with these broads. He Obviously, did Harvey did. Harassment. Um, oh, yeah. Well, he's clearly no. fucked in the head, just according yeah. to what Rob says. Do, do you think that, that Harvey was having a bunch of broads sign NDAs and shit, costing him millions and millions of dollars? Oh, yeah. Because- I, would you think that's probably one of the... Part of the biggest issue, part of their bankruptcy, those NDAs got dissolved. That was part of their bankruptcy. NDAs that they had signed, they no longer existed. And that's why a bunch of women came out. It was after the bankruptcy. When they filed bankruptcy, the NDAs were dissolved. So Harvey paid off a lot of women to get them to not say what had happened to them. And then as soon as he went into bankruptcy, those NDAs were null and void. So those women could say whatever they wanted. And they did. And that was the beginning of the end for Harvey Weinstein. I yeah, my if, re- you're, if, if you're bankrupt, you can't sue anybody. Nope. So that's, that's fucking I, crazy, that's dude. Exactly what happened. He thought that fi- declaring bankruptcy might in the long run save his company and his own ass. When in actuality, it made it made his bed for him. Like, it's kind of poetic justice in a way. Like, oh man. Well, that sounds like a perfect way to end this. Yeah, poetic. Fuck justice. Harvey Weinstein, that rat son of a bitch. That rat son of a. Bitch. That was fun, dude. Like, um, I always, I get in random swings of actually enjoying talking about Halloween. There is other stuff I can talk about literally every day, like Friday the Thirteenth and stuff. But every now and again, I'll get burnt out of Halloween. But I actually. 
I'm past the holidays. I'm ready for springtime. For me, springtime is like my first version of Halloween because the weather's kind of similar. It's warming up a little bit, but it's still got that chilly breeze. It's 20 I love watching the snow tomorrow. So, uh, well, well, I, yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, if people enjoy it and they want to more something like this from us, you know, absolutely. Um, we do have to address really quick before we go. Um, I have been getting questions about this. <clears throat> uh, guys, I, I've been asked a lot about the After Dark stuff because <clears throat> we haven't done that in a couple months, obviously, with the changes in schedule. I don't think that's going to be able to be a thing as currently constructed right now just because of the the scheduling conflicts. Now, Christian knows that I'm incredibly flexible with, like, even if I have my son, like, we can record whenever. It's just a matter of, like when he's able to comfortably do it. So um, I just don't think that's something that we can commit to. I don't want to, I, 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 I don't want to promise anything on video because that's when I get in trouble. Um, Which is why I'm taking the tact of saying probably not, at least for right now. We could probably, like, I think it would be fun if I can try to find the time. Uh, maybe we can start doing a surprise mini live once in a while. Like, a, like if there's a night where, Hey Nick, why don't we go live for 30 minutes and just talk to the chat and we do a mini Unita. That's something I think I could work. I can. Make and I'd love to do that because I just want to say to all of you guys, I've gotten your DMS. Like I've, I've, I go through the comments. Like I, I see what you guys have to say. I know a lot of you guys miss this. Like I, I know you do believe me. I miss it. It's it's I'm giving you, we're giving you guys, I'm two over two hours. Yeah, absolutely. But, Believe me, it, it's it's a shock to the system for all of us. Like it, it's it's different. It's new. Um, we haven't gone anywhere, as we told you guys. We prepared you for it was going to be a little less frequent. Um, but if we're able to swing, you know, a mini live like once a month, um, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. You guys can get a two hour or two hour plus episode every month, and like a mini live where we just yeah. catch up with you guys, talk about the last episode, whatever it might be. Like that'd be really cool. So. And listen, guys, I mean, I, I get I get it, too. And, you know, we have over 100 episodes you can go revisit and watch. Hell, I do sometimes when I'm at work. I'll, I'll go back and listen to the ones where we watched our old videos, which is still, I think, one of the most underrated episodes ever. Uh, there's so many gems in that one. Fucking tanked. It tanked. Um, well, I think they all do. I think they all have got you know people have gone i think there's a lot of people that find the show and then they go oh let me go back let mm -hmm. me watch this one let me watch this one but we had a great run guys it really was so impractical for us to do once a week hour it's it was so much work and trying to juggle my own channel getting titles i, I get in to review it's just a lot and yeah uh Chris as much as every day guys he's not you're not lying he's yeah. you know it's tough, and you know I'm at a point to where I'm, I'm really close to 20k. I think I need like 40 more subs, and um, I'm I'm just working hard to try to get that. You know, so it's it's a lot, but this is fun. Soon. It's fun to come on here and do this less frequently, but still having it on a schedule so people know it's coming because it feels I'm not that it wasn't fun before, but now it's just like. I know when we're going to do it, he'll, we'll talk with Nick, we'll get it planned, what night we're going to record. And then I come and I'm very, I was very relaxed because this is a, I feel like this is a break now instead of it 
being so frequent, like, oh, we have to do this, we have to do that. Now when we come to do this, I got to say it's so fun for me, even more fun because I'm relaxed. We come in, we have a great time. We have stuff to say. And uh, I really, I like it this way. I know it's less frequently, but to me, I think the episodes, the last couple of episodes have been just absolutely fantastic because they've yeah. been a little bit more spaced out and we have, we're able to talk longer and uh, we're not worn, we're not burnt, not burnt out. Burnt out was never the word, but just worn out because we were going, it was so crazy what we did. It's just, yeah. it's nuts. When I think back on it, I wouldn't even, oh, that's not practical. You can't do it that often, but we did it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah legendary run but but i we're back this is january mm -hmm. show and yeah you know i hope everybody i hope everybody enjoyed it i had a great time and uh it gave me a lot to think about you know i uh i love getting into this kind of stuff you know these these unmade movies and don't be surprised if you see a new series start up for christian again now that he, well, he yeah, might have the passion dude i i i might read i might bring the, some of those books to work with me and kind of go over them because i really I had so much fun making those videos. They were a lot of work, uh, but they were videos I enjoyed watching. That's the kind of stuff I enjoy watching. I, I watched yours too. Like I, I enjoy when somebody actually does research, does the work and learns about that kind of stuff and educates people on it and doesn't just be like, give this is like my opinion. Man. No, no, no. What happened? Tell me what happened. And when I read those books, like I never saw a lot of fans saying, you know, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, like, they almost had David Lynch or you know, I, Joe, Don, Joe Dante was supposed to be doing Halloween three, but then he got a call from Spielberg to go work on the twilight zone. So then like, I never hear people talk about that. So that's what really inspired me to make those videos yeah. to be like, guys, did you know? Cause guess and I, what? And I, and I always say in my videos, cause guess what? I didn't know. So yeah. I'm not trying to come at you. Like I'm somebody I didn't know. So that was the beauty of reading those books. And I give my opinion in the sense of like, I say like, Oh, you know, personally, I would have loved to see this happen or, you know, personally, I'm glad we didn't. But, yeah, it's more for like educational purposes, like set the scene. This is where it was at. This is what it was going to be about. This is why it didn't happen. Um, and, you know, Lee, I told you, Lee commented on Halloween 3D one. And he was like, this is like this is good shit right here. And I was like, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate that because it's yeah it, you know it's nice when people recognize the the work you put in and, and with that kind of stuff especially when it's something you're passionate about you know like like i said my rob zombies halloween 2 video i made last year that did incredibly well like just continues to get views every day like i am so proud of that video like i am so proud of it and um yeah that kind of shit just means a lot to me so seriously guys thank you for hanging in with us I hope you guys enjoyed this two and a half hour episode. Uh, you know, Christian and I will talk about, or, you know, if and when we can do like a mini live soon. And don't uh, be surprised so, if it's just magically happens. There's no promotion. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it, like, boom, turn your notifications on for, for both of our channels. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, Christian, you got anything else? Are you ready to sign off? Uh, just thanks for all the viewers. You guys are great. Um, I'll try to start. I'm I'm not a big commenter, uh, but I'll try to start. I read the comments on the videos that are on this channel now, but I don't usually respond or comment back. But I see you guys, and I'm go I I see all the familiar faces and all the people that have been watching the show. Don't worry, I, I interact with them. And oh, I know you do. Nick never has a Nick never had a problem re uh, re responding to people. That was always my my thing. Is I was always like Nick, don't respond to that. 
He's I like, fuck I, it. I'm responding. I have not, I'm responding I have not to argued with anybody on the Unita episode <laughs> on my channel. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you know, but I see you guys. I do, and I'm I, I appreciate I appreciate every one of y'all. I still love doing this show. Um I never I never I never stopped doing it frequently because I I didn't like doing it. It's not that. I, I mean I have my own I have a channel. And Nick has a channel and it's just, we got, we got stuff to juggle and people see the stuff you do, but they don't see the work that goes into it and they don't have to see that. But I just want them to understand it's, it's, it's very time consuming. All and this to stuff. make a video like the last two I've done, the video essay types, those take a while guys. They, they take yeah. hours. Like they really they did. Do yeah. And this, that, and the only reason they, they were fun. But once I did one that didn't do too well, I was like, okay, I got to put the brakes on. Yeah, because I'll agree. do a video showing seven DVDs and people are like, yes, fuck yeah. yes. Like, yeah. they, you know, I pull seven DVDs off the shelf and people yeah, are like, my, come on, man. 6,000 views. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My, my 3D my 3D one has been out four days. It's over 2,000 views. Like, it's awesome. The returns one, it's only got 1,000, but still good enough to justify doing it. Uh Usually you do a long form video essay like that. that you put a lot of time and you want to get at least a thousand views in the first week. Like you, it, 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 cause that's validation for the time that you put in for it. Like you, you definitely want to be like, okay, people are, they want to watch this, like this interests them. So if it's yeah. good, they'll watch. That's my motto. I yep. always tell people that don't worry about algorithms. Don't worry about <clears> this. If it's good, they'll watch. Say to yourself, would I watch this video? Sometimes when I tell myself, you know what, dude, I'm really just feeling Meridian. That's a really fun Charles Band movie. Mm -hmm. I should do a video on that. Then I say to myself, will they watch it? Yeah. The answer is no. So no. I don't do it. Yep. So there you go. There's some anyway. life advice for y'all. Uh we might see you in a couple, you know, a week or two. Who knows? If not, we'll see you in February again. Uh, to all you guys, you know, Happy New Year to you. I uh, hope it has started off well. Stay warm, everybody. There. Stay safe. Yeah. Especially y'all in the Northeast this weekend because it is going to snow. So uh, we love y'all, and we'll see you soon. Good Take night. Take care. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever you, whatever it is. Is this still recording? Yes. Did you I'm hit leaving, stop? I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving this in.